Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens, the K-pop podcast that isn't afraid to get real and raw and honest and a bunch of other adjectives. We have a very special episode today, and we'll get to that. But first, the pod. First, back from her untimely absence is our lovely Nat. Hey. Feeling better, Nat? Slightly. Slightly. (laughs) Okay. All right. Next, throwing shade like it's sunny, Jay. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, our resident truth teller and NCT addict, Jimin. Um... (laughs) I don't know how I feel about that. I knew you were saying something about that. I I don't stand anyone. But hello, everyone. (laughs) And now I am pleased to announce that we have a very special guest with us today. Um, You may know him from his blog or his K-pop radio show. It is K-popalypse. Hello. It's good to be here. Hooray. Yay. It is great to have you here. Thank you for joining us. That's all right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the um, the shout out and the, just the general courage and balls required to, <laughs> to have this in. Um, so it's good. All, all right. Good. Great. So what we're going to do is we're just going to do a little interview first, and then I'm hoping you'll stay with us through the rest of our K-pop topics. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm happy to hang around and have a chat. All right, great. All right, so let's get started. So, first of all, who is K Popalypse? Well, that's me. <laughs> um, <laughs> my, my name's Alan, and um, I'm, yeah, it's, it's K Popalypse is a one person show. And um, yeah, and I'm a K pop blogger, as you all know, and I also work as most of my, my music industry work at the moment is mainly just teaching. Um, I've done other things as well. I did run my own record label for a while, and I've been in several bands, and I'm still in a few. And I've been on tours around the country where I live, Australia, um, which is um, not a very tour friendly country, um, <laughs> but we do it anyway. And, and I've also, you know, had people. And I've done a fair few different things in the music business, but I've been involved in pretty much almost every other area there is at one point or another. I try and use some of that experience in my blog writing. Obviously, the Australian industry isn't like the Korean one in a lot of ways, but there's also, but there are, there are cultural similarities between pretty much all music industries globally as well. That's something that people often miss, especially in K pop. Um, where the cultural similar differences in other ways are very clearly drawn. Why did you start the blog? Um, well, I started it because I had the radio show first. Um, I started the radio show in 2012, about, about March or April-ish. And, you know, the radio show was going fine. I was just playing songs and discovering K-pop, which at the time was relatively new to me. Um, this is just about six months pre-Gangnam Style, uh, I'd say. Um, and what sort of got me into blogging was me thinking, well, when you do a radio show, there's, there's fairly strict broadcast guidelines and there's a lot of things that you can say and there's a lot of things you can't say. And I thought, well, it'd be good to have some other form of communication that 
my radio listeners and my friends who know I'm into this shit could tap into just to see what I really think about certain things and um, and also just to have a bit of fun and do it with and sort of do it in a way where I could sort of just sort of let it all hang out a bit and not worry too much about, you know, all the regulations that I've got to think about as a radio DJ. Um, so I sort of whizzed that idea around my head for a while. I thought, yeah, that'd be a good idea. And then at the end of 2012, I started gradually blogging. Um, and because I had, because as 2012 went on, I started to have more and more in my mind because as I found out more about K-pop, I found out more about some of the um, bizarre the ways people think about it and um, K-pop's a really good um, sort of microcosm of the internet as a whole in terms of the way people are starting to think and and change the way they think about things online. Um, a really good example was the Tiara situation that happened about mid-2012 where they were accused of bullying. Now, I don't know how many of you were um, actively following K-pop at around that time, but I can tell you that pretty much 99% of the K-pop community believed that Tiara were bullying Hua Young. I probably believed it for about 10 minutes. <laughs> and, and then I um, looked at it a bit closer and I thought, hang on, they're, they're, they're ev all the evidence, evidence in quotes, is, is completely out of context. And then I also thought a bit about, you know, what some of the relationship dynamics are actually like in groups that I've managed. And then I looked at that, comparing that to the Tiara situation, I thought, no, this is not actually happening. If anything, it's probably the other way around. And so I saw through it very, very quickly and started posting things up about it, not on my blog, but just on forums and stuff like that, and just basically getting shouted down. And, <laughs> you know, how can you say such a thing? And, you know, and, and it, was, it was a really personal subject to me as well because in terms of bullying myself, I went through the ring with that stuff in high school. I was, you know, I've had had a very very intense past of being a bullying victim of you know i've never watched a movie about bullying uh, with the exception of someone dying i've never watched a movie about bullying and looked at something in there and gone gee i can't relate to that at all i've, I've been through pretty much everything that can happen to someone is a bullying victim and um so when this thing came out and i could see pretty obviously that it was false you know it, it, it you know i felt personally really bad because i know how important these issues are and obviously Korea does as well they have this whole heightened thing about bullying because you know they they seem to love it you know there's the high their high schools are even worse than Australia's high schools if they're bullying but because of that but they weren't using that to really make very good judgments so continually sort of talking to people about this and sort of banging my head against a brick wall was really frustrating and also seeing people just sort of write off their whole career was really bizarre especially when they're actually still doing quite well anyway. The song Sexy Love was a massive hit when it came out, and that was right at the absolute peak of the hatred for Tiara. Um, but that song still went to, like, it was, you know, it was a mega hit for weeks. It was as big a hit as, as legitimate as his, something like Big Bang's Fantastic Baby, which is also, or you'd hear it about the same amount. It got really frustrating. Maybe we want to write more. So I started writing a bit. The blog really took off more when I started. I got in touch with Andy K-pop Fangirl because he asked for writers and not really knowing that much about the blog except having looked at it a couple of times, I said, yeah, I'll write for you. And 
Um, and that sort of got me my initial audience, I think. Um, yeah, that'll do for that question. All right. You started writing for anti-K-pop fangirl. So how long was that period between you start writing for him and then you decided, hey, I want to have my own thing? Um, well, I was always doing my own thing anyway. Um, I would always post the stuff on my own site, and then I'd just copy-paste it and chuck on his site. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd do the same thing with Asian – well, not quite the same thing. Asian Junkie had a bit of a different system. Well, what he would do is I'd just write my article, and then he would copy and paste it on his site, but he'd, you know, edit out a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm not quite sure. So Asian Junkie predates you. Uh, yeah, he does. Um, well, both of those – both Asian Junkie and Anti-K-Pop Fangirl were around before I started blogging. And they were the blogs that I gravitated to when I first started reading about K-Pop because they're actually saying some fairly sensible stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, Anti-K-Pop Fangirl, um, they always had a mix of different authors, a mix of different points of view. And I definitely didn't agree with all the authors or all the posts of any one of the authors in particular. But I just appreciated the diversity that they had and that, you know, there's a broad mix of opinions which i think is really good and i mean some of the stuff on there i didn't like at all but but then mm -hmm. some of it was really cool and so wow this is cool so i thought well there's certainly a place for me here amongst this you know mixture of horses because i'm writing just to get things out of my system and you know i'm not writing for popularity i'm not writing to be liked you know i don't really care about my reputation i'm doing it as a way to really to just express myself, right? It's personal self-expression. So where, where are you since you're saying that you write for yourself and, um, mm. you know, you're not really concerned about, you know, what fans think or what other people think, were you surprised to see yourself get so many fans? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, definitely didn't expect it. Um, yeah, I mean, like, the for the entire of 2012, my blog was active for a few weeks. I had 20 visitors, and um, and half of them were probably just me, you know, reading my own writing to myself and going, well, that reads good or whatever, or, or I could do that a bit better. And then in – actually, I'll actually dig up the stats and tell you exactly how many readers I've got each year. And, I, and I'm just going to add that this isn't bragging because, I mean, my traffic is small fry compared to what Asian Junkie would have. Or it's it's um, it's probably up to what anti K-pop fangirl had at its peak, mm -hmm. um, and and that site peaked at about 2013, and then it sort of gradually died off in the traffic. But yeah, 2012 I had 20 visitors. 2013 it was about 46,000. 2014 it was about half a million, and now it's up to like. Last year, it was um, about one and three-quarter million. Wow. Um, and I'm sure that a lot of them are just casual clicks from Google search, from people searching smart and stuff like that, <laughs> um, because um, I have a few of those sort of posts, and those sort of things, for some reason, have just are really easy to find in the Google image search rankings. But I think a lot of people maybe come for that content, and then they – start poking through the side a bit and go, oh, hang on, um, there's a little bit more here. Um, and then they check out some other stuff. But, yeah, um, no, I did not expect it to get as popular as it did. Not really sure how or why it happened. I can't really point to any one event that made it happen. Um, it just sort of gradually built. There wasn't one post that I made that went crazy viral or anything like that. The closest, the biggest viral post I've ever had was one called French Face. Um, and that 
but I was already quite popular when that came out. And the reason why that went viral was because it actually went viral on some completely non-K-pop related sites. Um, and But those people probably checked it and laughed and then probably never looked at the site again. Um, so it didn't really have any impact on the overall readership. Um, so, yeah, there was no big hit or anything like that. It just started picking up. Um, the first thing that picked up was actually my Ask FM. That just went from one question a day to, like, literally 50 questions a day uh, overnight for, I don't know why, never been able to pin that down or anything. And ever since then, it's been ticking along at about 50 questions a day. It's a bit of a mystery. Didn't expect it. And it's kind of cool. And I try and – and it's probably, even though it is self-expression, it probably has changed my, the way I write a little bit just in the sense that I'm now just a little bit more aware that there's actual people reading. <laughs> so, <laughs> whereas when you start a blog, you never really assume that that's going to happen. Mm. Um, you know, most people who have blogs have very little traffic at all. So I'm just trying to be conscious of the fact that there's various different people reading and um, not, not to, I don't know, censor myself or anything. I don't really do that. But it's more, um, but more being aware that, you know, people reading might um, struggle with some cultural things. Who are some of your favourite artists? Well, it, that's always a hard question to answer because favourite artists doesn't really actually mean a lot in K-pop. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, one of them is that um, the artists don't write their own songs. So you can say, oh, I, I love, you know, Girls' Day, for example. Um, but then, but each time Girls' Day come back, there's a different person writing their song and they've got different ideas about how to produce a song and you may or may not like it. So, so there's no guarantee you're going to get anything good. I mean, you might, but you might not. And then you think, well, okay, well, I could then do it by songwriting. Okay, well, I'll just follow this songwriter and every person he writes for. But then you have the problem that the songwriters are only doing, they're only writing the songs a certain way because they're being told to. Like, like Shin Sedong Tiger, Tiger will write a certain style of song for A-Pink, but he'll write a completely different style of song for Momoland because he's been given different instructions. So it's then it's down to the company or whoever it is within that company who's setting the template for these people to work with. So it's sort of a unique combination of the of whatever the template of the day is plus whoever's being employed to do that. And that's not got necessarily anything to do with the artist. When you do get a consistent artist is when they you have artists consistently using the same people with similar instructions. And that's probably as close as I can get to answering that question. So I'd say right now the groups that are coming out with probably the better music, uh, I'd say Luna. I, I used to say Tiara, but they're – but because they've split with their label now, that's all going to change. And the latest solo songs have all been really, really bad. And it's because they're not, they don't have access to the same people. So that's what matters. So if Luna changed the record labels, they'd probably start sucking. So, yeah. So as Luna, I think A-Pink right now are really good, although they were very hit and miss before that. Well, some are liking, I used to like 100%, but they've really fallen off. <laughs> Snooper had a couple of good songs, but they've really fallen off as well because they started using different guys. Is there anyone and that you absolutely can't stand for reasons? No, no for the same reason. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, even, even you know, probably, yeah, it's something so like So you approach it purely from, like, the music standpoint. Like, you're not looking at it as, you know, I like this group 
because of, you know, this member, their this member's yeah, eye smile or whatever, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure, I've got my sort of pervert posts and stuff, which are mainly just for a laugh. But, I mean, in all seriousness, you know, I've, I've been in a relationship with a girl for, like, nine years now, coming up to nine years. Um, my, you know, so some K-pop girl can't really blow me away, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not 13, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so, you know, I'm a bit right. over that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm, but music's always been my passion. That's what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, and I can acknowledge that sometimes they've got really good presentation. I mean, I like, like, I really enjoy Luna's marketing and the way they've laid it out. I think it's really clever and the way it sort of sucks people in. But, you know, but if they put out a shit song tomorrow, then I'll, I'll, it'll, I'll chuck it on my worst list and say, hey, this song sucks. And then all the Luna fans will be pissed off at me and they'll... <laughs> You're, you're dismissed and cancelled. I, I, I thought I liked you. <laughs> well, that's actually a good segue into the next question. Considering mm. how um, you're not afraid to voice your opinion, do you mm. have a lot of upset K-pop fans? Or did you have a lot in the beginning when you first started? Do you? What about now? Is it less or um, more now? The, well, well, with the beginning, I was really reading. So, no. <laughs> but... Um, the the first thing weird thing I noticed is actually was was the whole tiara thing before I even started blogging right I I was table DJing I, I DJed at a K-pop club night right and I was, I did a little little row of tiara songs like three you know the upbeat numbers all had the same sort of all the upbeat songs got exactly the same BPM so as a DJ it's super easy to mix them together and you know so I was playing like Bo Peep and Roly Poly and stuff and. And I had the whole floor, they were all dancing, all doing the roly-poly hand dance and stuff like that, and it was really cool. And then, like, I think a week later, that whole scandal broke. And after that, um, and, and I was still saying, oh, yeah, you know, I still like the music, you know, it doesn't change how I feel. And I just noticed a lot of people just stopped talking to me. <laughs> like, in my actual life, the, these new K-pop fan friends that I had just sort of yeah, made no, you know, they just sort of, started perceiving me differently i thought it was really strange um so but you know i don't really worry about that sort of thing in my real life much because i don't know i just don't so i'm kind of i'm kind of used to being an outcast and being you know growing up i was always a weird kid and stuff like that so i'm not i never really experienced any peer pressure in school because i never really had any peers so you know so that's why i never got into things like smoking you know because you know if someone tells me to do something, I say, well, why would I do that? You're going to hate me anyway. So, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, so I've always been really resistant to that sort of thing. I've always been really happy to just do my own thing. Um, but, yeah, in terms of noticing people being upset, um, I mean, anti-K-pop fangirl dealt with a fair bit of that because, you know, they were – I mean, they were probably – I mean, I think they were much more divisive than me in terms of things like language use and stuff like that, you know, there so they would really they were really really upset a lot of people and and i just sort of noticed and went oh yeah well i'm lumped in with these guys so I'm, they're probably going to be upset with me by association even if i'm not saying the things that they're saying um because they the humor on that side is actually a lot more crude than what i do uh, most of my stuff is actually kind of a bit tongue-in-cheek but in their case it really wasn't quite that way as much it's a little it's tones a little bit different on that side yeah okay, okay. Um, 
people so yeah that's how i got used to the idea of people getting upset and so mm -hmm. when it started to happen on my own side i was like oh yeah this is just kind of a continuation um and yeah whatever <laughs> you know you can think <laughs> what you want no one's forcing you to read it it's, you know I'm, I'm blogging for free and no one's no one's asking you to come here so just just chill out <laughs> <laughs> has the blog opened any doors for you as far as um in the k-pop industry have you ever ever been asked to be a part of anything any kind of international well there's this, this awesome podcast group you may have heard of called not your average netizens <laughs> uh, and uh, I, was, I was really really excited i think that's my big break <laughs> <laughs> um well, um, some radio show um asked me to come on to their a korean radio show came asked me to interview be interviewed uh, by them um, it's English speakers it, it's like a Korean radio show in Korea for foreigners in Korea um, who speak English um, so I like all the English teachers listen to it or whatever um, and they um, I can't remember what their frequency is or whatever um, but they wanted to talk to me because I wrote about um, plagiarism a few times yeah. and for some reason those posts are like annoyingly popular so every time I do one of those I get a fair bit of feedback from people saying oh can you come and talk about this on here and stuff like that so i've reluctantly become the you know in inverted commas plagiarism expert um um which is kind of frustrating because i'm really just every time i talk about it, i'm really just repeating the same thing over and over again uh, and that's why i didn't originally want to do plagiarism posts for each individual case but i just got i just get bombarded with so many questions about it that i just put a post up out like that to shut everyone up and every time i do a post like that it's always, I, or I deliberately write it with a tone of shut the fuck up <laughs> because because <laughs> um, uh, I, I just, because, yeah, it's always the same thing pretty much, you know, actual, actual plagiarism in K-pop is exceptionally rare because the producers who are making it are smart and they know what they're doing and they know where the line is and they know not to cross it because mm -hmm. there have been situations in the past where people have crossed it, like with Lee Hyori. Um, who got totally busted and her song her songwriter had to pretty much was pretty much exiled so you know once you have a scare like that go through k-pop everyone knows what the game is so the only what times when it happens now is when it's someone from outside of korea does it like you know la materialista stuff like that um who did uh to anyone's i'm she did to anyone's i'm the best and just change the lyrics a bit <laughs> um so yeah um look hasn't opened any huge doors not that i'm expecting it to um that's not obviously it's not why i do it mm -hmm. but it has sort of just generally it's like i mean it's a weird position where people actually read my stuff and it's very strange mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's had some really weird effects one of which you'll if you if you read the blog if you read the blog over the last few hours, you see one of the one of the more weird effects of that, which we'll, we'll, we can talk about a bit more if you want to. Sure, I, I'm thinking because the last time I looked at your blog is that the whole SM trainee thing. Mm, yes, yeah, one. Okay, so I was a little confused by because I wasn't quite following the whole story. <laughs> so what what is the deal there? Fill us in on what that's about. All right. Well, obviously, um, I can't I can't talk too much about it, right? Because for mm -hmm. reasons. But which will become clear but let's put it this way um in 2005 15 sorry um this guy called neil hannigan or calling himself neil hannigan 
did a, um, a Reddit ask me anything, saying, oh, I'm an ex-trainee of SM Entertainment. And so he asked a whole bunch of questions. And I looked at these questions and asked, and his answers, and I looked at it and I thought, this guy is 100% legitimate. There's no question, because I can tell, because I, I know, I can tell the difference. I don't, I don't need proof. I can tell straight away. Um, because I, because I work in the music industry, I know a few things, and I know, and I know a few things about the cable industry now too, thanks to certain anonymous people. So yeah, he was, I yeah, he's one hundred percent. So I thought I'll do an interview with him, and he was like, yeah, cool. So he did an interview with me, and he just sort of expanded a little bit on the things that he talked about in the AMA. It was a good interview and very nice. See you later. Good interview. Have a nice life. Three three and a half years later get to yesterday and this other girl does a uh, ask me anything and all of a sudden um then this guy who spoke to me three years ago post something on reddit saying everything i said three years ago please consider this to be completely false and not credible and by the way can you please contact that k-pop loops guy and get him to take the interview down because that's all lies too um so i found out about this almost as soon as he posted it because my readers you know they i have this you know um i, I call them the county my action squad <laughs> but basically um as, as a joke but basically anytime something happens and my name's involved i instantly get something in my dms um there's i've all hours of the day because I've got people like from you know, Europe and America and that all all reading my shit. So um, they they know about me being written about before I do, um, and so they're, they're so I instantly got all these messages saying shit, what's going on with this? You know, um, so I sent a message to the guy, which you actually see there in the post, saying, look, um, if you're saying that you're lying now, that means you either lied before and you're a very very good liar, or you are um or you're you were telling the truth before but you're lying now because you're shit scared because you know something's happening behind the scenes um and so and you know let's talk about it which one is it and um let's discuss our options and so he said you know let's go into the dm so i did and we had a private conversation which i can't reveal um and but what i've done is i've removed his post at his request I've put up a new post saying that I've removed his post and and also just insuring myself against any threats that might come my way. And while I can't talk about it here, I think um, I've deliberately written the post in such a way that I don't think it's too difficult to read between the lines, especially my readership who are very cynical. I think, I think they understand what I'm talking about. But I don't want to say anything directly because um, I wouldn't want to do anything that might impact this new individual because he's, he's, he was very stressed out. You can tell from his initial emails that he's actually quite stressed out, quite scared. And I'm not scared for me. I don't care. You know, I, I'm not scared of anything, you know, come at me. But, um, but, I, but he's, you know, he's a young guy, you know, he's got his life and his career ahead of him and he doesn't want to jeopardize anything. And so I, did what I think is the right thing for him, while still, I think, making my own position on such things abundantly clear. So mm -hmm. you can take that how you will. Okay, interesting. What is your opinion of the current idol 
generation. Um, you've been listening to K-pop for a long time. Things have changed, obviously. Um, do you think it's better, worse, the same? Do you listen to K-pop, you know, less? I know a lot of people, once they kind of, mm. I mean, how has that been for you? Are you still feel like you're just as much in the K-pop as it used to be or, or no? Um, yeah, I do, actually. Um, look, I think K-pop was, I think K-pop was honestly really, quite astonishingly bad until about maybe 2008. I, all, I mean, there's a few scattered good songs from before then that are actually really good. But generally speaking, K-pop was, early K-pop's absolutely woeful. And the reason why is because they were still learning how to do what they do from the West. Um, you know, the producers from Korea were going over there and bringing back techniques and equipment and ideas and it took a while for K-pop to catch up and eventually around 2008, 2009 that's when K-pop started catching up and overtaking the West in terms of their quality of their pop production. So I think from that point until about just before I got into it I think it was actually probably the best quality period um, and from then it's, I think it's backed off a little bit but it's still, but I don't think it's it's going downhill. I think I think we're sort of holding a fairly steady pattern. I think K-pop's fairly well established now to the point where it's probably going to always hold a certain steady pattern that's going to go up and down a bit depending on musical trends. Um, when things kind of go a bit pear-shaped for me is whenever a new musical trend kicks in in Western pop and then the K-pop producers discover it and start incorporating it into everything. Um, the most recent version of... One is Tropical House and Latin mm. Pop, which is just the last go less so now. It's this sort of starting to realize that sound's getting a bit old now. But you go back six months, it's like every single comeback is just like Tropical House or Latin Pop. And it's just, you know, um, it's all, they're all using exactly the same kind of riffs and techniques. And it's like, oh, come on, guys. Um, but then. K-pop is such a competitive industry that even when you have that, even when you have this one annoying trend, you've also got a whole bunch of other people going, all right, well, we want to stick out and be a bit different. What can we do to mark ourselves out as being completely different from everyone else? Well, they're all doing this. Let's do this other thing. So um, so that's what's kept me in it is that there's this extremely competitive aspect to it um, because there's just so many groups and the industry itself is just so, I mean, there's not enough money in the K-pop industry to sustain all the groups that are in it. It never has been. Only the very top tier of groups actually make a living that's any good. And below that, you've got all the ones that are trying to get up there. It's just like with any human endeavour. You've always got that 1% or 2% at the top that do really well, and you've got the other 98 99% that are trying to get up into that top echelon and can't do it. K-pop's no different to that. And, yeah, so they can't quite... A lot, a lot of them just can't quite get there. But, but what that means is that because there's this fierce competition, there's a lot of really good quality coming out because everyone's just trying to do anything they can to get up there. And it kind of sucks for them. You know, I, would, I wouldn't want to be a K-pop producer. But, but it does have the side effect of a lot of really good music coming out. And, I mean, and I, that's not to say I like all of it or even most of it. Um, I think Sturgeon's Law applies. You know, 90% of everything is shit. Um, and you... And, you know, when you read the roundups, you'll see that, you know, if it's a good week, I'll probably like maybe three songs. Um, but, you know, three good songs a week is better than none. And that's pretty much what I'm getting out of Western pop over the last 10 years is none, no good songs a week. <laughs> so, um, 
you know, it's, it's there's enough in there for me to remain interested. Um, and I don't think it's going to change radically unless something drastic about the entire industry changes. Okay. What is next for you? Do you have any future plans for your blog? Are you just going to keep rolling along as is? you have any changes in the future? Mm, oh, I don't, nothing radical. Um, it's really just, I mean, the blog works, you know, it's people like it. It's, um, um, people are actually starting to send me money now in reasonable amounts. I'm actually getting 50 something dollars a month on Patreon. Never thought that would happen. <laughs> I started the Patreon as a joke. <laughs> um, and now, now people are actually donating every month. It's amazing. Um, so now I'm like, Oh shit, I better start giving something back to these people who are giving me their money. Jesus Christ. But so I really just sort of add things on as, as you you know, humans are naturally resistant to change, right? We we live in an ever-changing society. No one likes change, really. We sort of forced to deal with it. You know, every time Facebook does a redesign, everyone's like, "Oh, all my shit's over here now." And you know, it's if we and you know, your work's always changing because they're always doing new technology all the time. And so, I try and have as little change as possible because I know people don't like it. Um, but I try and make the changes matter. So changes that are recent or upcoming. I did a subreddit. I started a subreddit now because I got sick of Reddit downvoting all my shit. And the K-pop Reddit, you know, they all, you know, there's, there's people who just um, see something in my name and they hit report straight away, <laughs> or and, and then it gets buried, and then the moderators have to go and dig it out of the spam folder and put it back on, and by then it's dropped off the top page anyway, um, or they'll just downvote it just because my name's on it. Um, yeah, that is. You know, I've got a lot of people who like the writing, a lot of people who don't like the writing. And so I think, well, you know, oh, let's just do a subreddit. So now I've got a subreddit. So they can't downvote me anymore. Well, they can, but they're just burying my posts in other posts that are also mine. <laughs> so it doesn't really have any effect. And also it's a good place because the commenting system on my website sucks. The Reddit's probably a better place if people want to leave comments. It's, you know, they can talk to each other a bit better. The Reddit, Reddit commenting system is quite good. Um, so there's that. Um, I'm... This year, I'm going to do more music theory stuff because plenty of people have been asking me for that. And a lot of people really like the technical side of what I write. So I'm planning to do a whole music theory series about pretty much all music theory and basically just giving you a complete music theory course that you have to pay for and just sort of delivering it in a way that K-pop fans would find entertaining and the people who read my writing would find entertaining. That's a, that's a hard bit. But I think I can do it. Um, so I'm sort of... Um, planning the first stages of that at the moment. The other thing is I'm looking at doing more interactive content like computer games and stuff like that. I did that uh, Stan Luna game last year, which is like a little choose-your-own-adventure novel, and that that got about 4,000 plays in a day. People really, really liked it because it was just written in my usual sort of fan fiction way that I write things. It was really macabre and there's, there's like about 13 endings and, and there's only one where you don't die to someone in Luna killing you for some reason. And it, even even the Luna Reddit liked it. They, they actually liked me over there for some reason. Um, <laughs> so uh, wait, wait until one of the – wait until Luna gets another bad song they will change their mind. But for now they like me. And, yeah, I'm thinking about doing that, maybe another one of those, or maybe even a computer game, try and sell it on Steam or something like that, or maybe put it up for free. But there's no other major plans. My main thing is just to keep doing my thing and keep annoying people, which I seem to be getting really good at. Um, <laughs> if, if people are dig, uh, digging up posts from mine that are three years old and getting upset, 
<laughs> I mean, it's uh, to the point where people are actually noticing it's, I think I'm probably doing something right. So I'll just keep doing my thing and hopefully people will keep reading and having a good time or, or not, as, as the case may be. So if there's no other questions, if um, you don't mind sticking with us, Alan, um, we'll go forward uh, to the K-pop mm -hmm. news and gossip. And first thing on the docket is Girls' Day, possibly disbanding. Uh, Girls' Day's future is in doubt. Um, the company has confirmed that the contracts of um, all four members are set to expire in 2019 and that their members are looking to sign on with new agencies. Um, a source from the music industry um, has said allegedly that the members are hoping to work as actresses. Um, they're getting in contact with agencies that manage actors and not singers. Instead of looking all together, the members are searching individually. Um, when being asked about it by Dream Tea, um, their official statement is that um, there's no intention to disband girl, Girls' Day's group activities. Um, they said, we are seeking ways for the group to do activities together in the future. And um, their uh, members are just in discussion with the company in many ways. Um, so right now, the rumors are that the girls are wanting to go more so into acting. Dream Tea is kind of deflecting the rumors, but it's not looking very good. Um, does anyone, can anyone do the math? Does that make it seven years? Is this the seven year curse for Girls' Day? Oh, I think they're around a bit longer than seven years. Yeah, I think they've okay. actually already renewed after those seven years. Yeah, because they're an older group. It's just like uh, Exit, um, where they didn't get popular until later on in their careers after they dropped a couple of bombs, lost some members, restructured kind of thing. Um, so they've been around, I think, for a while. I mean, I'd have to check the actual date, but it's definitely over nine the seven years and nine yeah, years. Yeah, the, yeah. The first song was uh, called called "To My Head" and came head. out in about 2010. It's it's honestly one of the worst K-pop songs you've ever heard, and um, been going since then, kind of. So, what are we? Are we thinking that it's pretty much inevitable that they're probably not probably not going to see any more activities from them as a group? Yes. They haven't actually been releasing music regularly. I mean, um, their last EP was 2017, actually, not even last year. And that was um, the song I'll Be Yours, I think. And before that, it was 2015 was their last uh, release. So um, I think it's pretty much Hiri is crazy popular. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and she's busy, understandably, you know, like, uh, the other members are not as popular. I think Yura is probably the second most popular, and then Mina, and then Sojin. Um, so it's not really in their interest to continue as a group when there's so much competition from younger groups. And I think with Girls' Day, they obviously like expect female president something, which was their crazy one, like their biggest hit, um, and I think their signature song at this point. And then like Darling those were sort of like their peak <laughs> like they went up went up hit something you know they sort of like 
plateaued there at like Darling because Darling was really crazy popular it seemed as well and then sort of started to trickle down again because um, I don't think they were ever really caught on as public favorites in the same way mm. um, so once they sort of started to decline like around Ring My Bell-ish times um, it was just a smart move for them to all go into acting Mina tried to do solo music never really stuck um, Yura did um, that fake husband and wife show. I can't remember what that one's called. Um, and she does varieties and stuff like that. And she seems really popular and people seem to like her. So she's continuing along that regard. Uh, Suljin, she's older. <laughs> so I don't, I, I think at this point, if the solo career in, act, in singing is not going to work and it doesn't seem like acting is sticking, it's probably just best. Um, maybe for her to find something else to do. I think she has like an engineering degree anyway, so she could probably find another job. Oh, wow. um, and yeah, at this point, it's just smarter for the, for especially Hiri, who's the youngest, she's the and she's a, you know, still crazy popular, still acting and getting a lot of deals on her own. I mean, it, Dream Tea, their company doesn't seem like it's, it's going to facilitate maybe her acting in the way that she wants it to. So that's why she probably, I, this is just my guess. She probably was looking out for herself and wanted to find a company that would be better for her acting career and sort of keep it along as it's going. And that left the other girls in a lurch. And so now they're all sort of looking for companies and trying to figure out what they need to do if they want a career in Korea. To continue along. I mean, that's kind of my guess. I'm sad. I like Girls' Day. I, I think they have fantastic music, not just their title tracks, but their B-sides. Um, I'm sad that they didn't really get to tour as much, because I think they only had really like one, maybe one tour that I, I remember recall. Um, and then they did some festivals, and they have done um, KCON in in LA, I think. Uh, so, I mean, they have done some smaller, some other things, some international things, but I feel like it sucks that, you know, K-pop is now becoming more international and, like, we have Red Velvet coming to Toronto and all this other stuff and, like, AO, AOMG and all these other K-artists and all my favorite groups have disbanded. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we never, like, we never got our chance, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I we were lucky before if they were, like, coming to one of the K-cons, you know, like, Ooh, then you can kind of see them, but now it, it's just like, ooh, I'm, I don't, I don't really care to see twice. I'll be very honest with you. So it's like, <laughs> well, now like everyone's, you know, getting a tour. I heard about, um, oh my girl, is going somewhere in America. I don't remember where, but I saw something on Twitter about how they're. I don't know if they're still going to have the show, but one of their shows is severely undersold. Um, yeah, uh, about that. So one on one can relate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, um, I PLT is a group that I just found out about on um, Omona. They have a European tour, and I think they debuted this year. Like they literally just dropped this, their first single. I have never ready, even like, heard twins. of them. Yeah, I yeah. saw you were. They had a tour, and yeah. I was like, "Who? Like, yeah. how can you have a, a tour already?" Yeah. So I mean. It's it's kind of insane now that these groups are coming and the tickets are not crazy expensive. They're not like 
something that you can't afford to go to. So it just sucks that all, literally all of my favorite groups have disbanded and these, they're slowly fading into obscurity. And I have, what, Red Velvet left, unfortunately. <laughs> um, Alan, do you have, I know you focus more on the music, so mm. I'm assuming you don't have any problems with groups disbanding or anything no. that probably doesn't affect you at all. No, because what will happen is the Dream Tea or whoever, um, is, is that Girls Day's label now, Dream Tea? Or is it something it's else? Dream Tea, tea yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll just fire up another girl group. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and whatever songs that the Girls Day was going to get will just end up going to this other group instead. So it won't actually affect the music that comes out. Therefore, I don't really care. I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a thing for them or whatever. I mean, it might be a positive thing for them. To, I mean, you know, being a, I'm sure being in a girl group gets pretty old. It's a pretty arduous sort of occupation. It's not really the end game for any of those girls, I'm sure. Um, so if you look at anyone who's ever become a hugely successful entertainment star, they usually left their group at some point during that process to, in order to make that happen. Yeah, I'm not really all that concerned about it. We'll, we'll eventually get to hear the same songs. Um, I'm glad I got to see Girls Day Live. They came to Australia last year. Um, yeah. But then having said that, it wasn't really any different to seeing any other K-pop group live. They were kind of do the same stuff. But it was good to at least see a K-pop girl group live after a while because we don't get much in Australia, I tell you. So, so that was nice. Um, yeah, I don't really have any strong emotions about it. Um, as far as Girls Day's music goes, there are a couple of songs I really liked and there's a whole lot of songs I really didn't like. They didn't have a very good hit-miss ratio for me personally. Yeah, that's that's all i got to say about it. It's nice. Good good luck to them, I guess. And, I mean, if every their end game is to get someone like a Susie or an IU, and, you know, someone who just sort of makes money hand over fist by doing endorsements and commercial work and um, and things like that. The group's a means to that sort of end, so um, it probably doesn't even matter that much to them. Mm. They'll just things will just keep rolling on. Okay. All right. Well, now that we've talked about Girls' Day, let's step into the dark side of fandom. Uh, as it seems like lately, we've been getting a lot of really disturbing accounts of fan behavior. So, a few uh, examples. JYJ's uh, Jejum recently appeared on a Japanese TV show, uh, was talking about his experiences with Sasing fans. And he made the confession uh, that there are many fans that have broken into his bedroom. Um, and uh, I quote, um, he said, in the middle of the night while I was sleeping, on top of me adding, there were so many things they did to me that can't be said on TV. And while everyone in the studio was screaming, he said, this happened dozens of times. I think to give some context, I think he kind of like acted out what he was talking about. But basically, you know, we get the context of what he was saying. Um, there are people coming into his, you know, place of residence and basically like molesting him in his sleep. Number two, Big Hit release 
a list of blacklisted BTS Sasangs who have been blacklisted through BTS's official fan cafe. They reveal their names, their member numbers, all their violations. Uh, these are Sasangs that have, some of them have pretty popular fan sites and are fairly well known in their fan communities. And apparently they've been doing things um, like illegal and excessive photo taking, illegal ticket sales. One thing that I think I've heard about before that's been the big issue is that they've been um, invading BTS's privacy at airports by intentionally taking the same flights as the group. So basically, I don't know how these girls have the means or you know, if their parents knows that they're gone, that they're just like going on the same flights as BTS and just flying around with them. I have no idea how that works out. But yeah, apparently Big Hit had enough and they've been blacklisted. One thing I noticed was on Twitter, and I don't know which girl it was, but people, one of the Sasang fans was hunted down by some international fans and she was actually getting more fans on Twitter. She was getting a lot of followers and that was pissing some people off. Um, so that caused kind of a big issue on Twitter because people felt like, you know, they shouldn't be giving her attention. Number three, Baekhyun. Baekhyun, I can't say it right, Baekhyun, from EXO, went, called out the person that was selling EXO's personal info. Apparently, it's been an issue. Social media accounts selling personal information about idols and groups have become increasingly more common. So, they can decide to call one of these people out on his Twitter directly. His information on Twitter was scrubbed, but the person had dorm addresses, card numbers, ID photos. Many of these accounts have passed photographs of past girlfriends. This particular article I'm looking at has an interesting comment from a cultural critic named Kim Sung-soo, who said that the reason why these kind of crimes uh, can't be litigated against is because apparently if you catch the seller, then the buyers also become criminal. However, those buyers are considered to be fans. So if you make too strong of a legal response, it could have effects beyond what the agency wants. The promotion period for an idol is quite short. If the contract is seven years, then the agency invests for four years and reaps the rewards for three. To the agency, this isn't worth the, the risk. And he continued, it was originally the agencies who would encourage the leak of information, such as certain idols will be at this concert or this broadcast company. Listening to this, this is actually pretty similar to what you know, celebrities do in the West with paparazzi. Sometimes they call paparazzi, you know, when they're out and about to get pictures taken so that they can promote themselves. So that makes sense. Sasings are, they're scary. And this is only three instances out of many, many. I mean, anybody that's been in K-pop for a, just a little amount of time has heard of countless instances of things happening. I know Jae Jung, and he must be really tired <laughs> because um, DBSK had some of the more horrific issues of sassing beha behavior I've heard of um, from the past. So, I mean, in the Jae Jung situation specifically, um, that is 
straight up just like sexual assault that's like not at, the, at that point it's like beyond just like typical saucing behaviors of i guess i mean stalking obviously is an issue but i mean sexual assault is obviously something different somebody comes into your house and like touches you <laughs> that's that's a completely different animal that we're talking about i guess really the situation is is what are you getting out of it what are these people getting out of this like when you're stalking jungkook when you're like the girl that's like taking pictures of him sleeping on a plane when you're doing that like if you're selling the pictures you're getting money right but if you're not if you're just like a, a stalker who just wants to know everything it's like why i don't i, I mean and I have a hard time believing that all of these saucings are teenagers. People say, oh, they're all, you know, it's like crazy young girls. And I hate that whole narrative anyway. But like beyond that, it's it's kind of hard to believe that they're all kids considering just, you know, the sorts of things they do and the resources they have. It's it just it's just kind of hard to believe that every single one of them is like a 14 year old these people are more than likely in their 20s the same age as some of the idols and they're doing these things and it's like what are you getting out of it i mean i for one don't think like that i don't understand i'm not gonna what taking a picture of a celebrity being in their face following them taking the same plane as them I just don't understand what the end goal is. Like, you're not getting paid. He's not going to suddenly start liking you or paying attention to you. I I'm just trying to understand your thought process here. And I, I, I can see why a company would feel like, just from a purely business standpoint, you're in between a rock and a hard place because you don't want to alienate your fan base. But at the same time, in, for example, Jeju's situation, you have people committing crimes. I mean, like... Hor horrific crimes not just like you know petty crimes oh they jaywalked to see Deju. no they're like breaking into his hotel room and fondling him it's just i don't i don't really understand it and i feel like i feel like the issue should be addressed it, it has to start sort of internally where a person has to ask themselves what am i getting out of this and they have to admit that they're getting nothing out of it and then move on it's kind of hard to say that the company has power to do this this and this when they in some respects i they do but in many it's not like it's not like sm sending out a warning statement or suing someone is going to stop the next girl from harassing deju it's just going to keep happening i think that that's kind of just my perspective on it like it, it's something that it's hard to say which entity is responsible obviously it's the person that's responsible ultimately but in terms of making it you know stop it's hard to just say okay sm has all this power to do this when in reality there's you know hundreds of thousands of more girls who are going to just going to keep doing it if they see that you know if they if it's something that they like or boys and not just girls but people in general if they see that it's something they like and they have something inside of them that's wrong <laughs> something that's telling them it's okay to do this to someone it's just it's hard to stop that if you're a company i think why would they want to i mean these are the people who put money in their pockets and this is a business they're not doing it because these kids want to sing and want to live their dreams they're doing it because the companies want to make money so if that means that you know Taeyeon's getting touched up at the airport or you know you have some dude 
telling Lovely's members to lift up their legs when they're wearing short skirts. It, it, that sort of just comes with the territory. I think that's how a lot of the companies see it. Because um, the, these, these idols are not people to them. They're, they're commodities, right? Like, as um, Ash was reading, like, they invest, what, like you said, four years, and then they reap the benefits after three. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, once they've already made as much money as they can or as much money as they think they, they can make from them, when they've maximized that profit, they just move on to younger models, right? Um, it's unfortunate. Uh, that's sort of the industry, and that's how the industry was created. I mean, SM... In the beginning, it was like Lee Suman sort of micromanaging all his groups and making sure that they live and breathe these, uh, you know, their their parts in the group. You know, like HOT was like one of those groups where, you know, you they had sort of like a off like I don't know they were like kids they're sort of like teen teen boys or whatever and and they had an image that they had to live up to right yeah yeah that's why you don't have girlfriends that's why you're not sexy I mean you could you know tease a little bit but you can't be full-on you know grown man sexy even if you're like 30 <laughs> i think that's like changed a little i think that's changed a little with like groups like exo exo's whole uh... concept now is just sex that's their whole concept <laughs> is that's it? what it's been for like a year yes nobody nobody <laughs> Is, I mean, I know, I know that they have Kai showing his chest a lot, and I honestly, I wish that he wouldn't. But it's one of those things where I don't think EXO at all is trying to be like mature, sexy. I mean, Tempo is still like a lovey-dovey sort of song. To be honest, I, it's but not... it, I feel like I feel like it, you know, in K-pop, it's a lot of the subtext. And when you talk about like the product that's coming out. It's a lot of what's going on in the performance. Low shot the whole time he's they're pointing down to their crotches and grinding. I feel like if a girl group did the same thing, we would call it sexy. But if a boy group does it, we don't call it sexy. I don't know why. I do personally because I think it's trying to be sexy. It's trying to sell sex, even if it's not explicitly stating, you know, come have sex with me. Well, I mean, <laughs> I only watched sex. the video for Love Shot once. I couldn't. I couldn't watch it again, and I haven't seen any live performances. So. Fair enough. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not one of those people that's gonna like challenge you and say like you should watch it. I don't believe anyone uh, should have to be subjected to it. Um, but. <laughs> It's the fact of the matter that it, it is kind of what they're doing. And maybe it's also, too, because I did have to watch, like, some EXO concerts for reasons we're not going to get into. But I had to watch I'm, I'm just watching it right now because I can't remember what it looks like. So I'm just having a look to see how full on it is. Yeah. Please continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, it's, it's like they – and also, too, I'm also putting them in – contrast with groups like um got seven and bts and like those other sort of third gen boy groups um got seven is not like that at all 17 for example is a boy group whose concept is the flower boy like the traditional flower boy concept like that's one a perfect example exo is not that anymore i mean i don't even know if they ever were really i mean they their first you know Hit for like mama. <laughs> what? Why no, they were like edgy. They were, were edgy. Like, they were like BTS Weird. light or something. Not yeah. even BTS light. Because they had wolf. like mama and wolf and like. Yeah, like they were never ever. Robex. It, it is. They were never ever what Red Velvet is to girl groups. 
tops, right? Red Velvet's like the cutesy, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Really? Because I thought with Bad Boy and like really Bad Boy and I think because they have that red and velvet sort of personas. Maybe that... because it's like the sides of the yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Or should so I like say twice? Velvet, velvet is supposed to be like their like more hip hop sort of, I, I think, edgier side. Well, fair enough. I mean, yeah. here lately, Red Velvet's been basically twice. Basically, Red to Velvet me. just does to whatever me. song are handed to them because if you see their Japanese releases and you contrast that with their Korean releases yeah it's, it's completely it's very strange but you know what like talking about the songs as well too before like um did you hear about that one-on-one situation wait what's going on what and how like they their fans um bought tickets so that they could sit with them and like you know take pictures while they're on the plane and then right before the plane was gonna was gonna like go into flight and into the air and stuff um they said they wanted to get off the plane um and in the the girls three of the girls um so they had seats one booked first class one booked business and one booked economy um so like after they had taken their pictures and whatever there's like a law that says like you know before the, the the flight leaves if you want to get off the flight you can and you can get a refund so but what also oh, means yeah, is that I everybody, that. yeah, everybody had to be checked again um, and go through security checks for st- safety reasons, and it delayed the flight by like an hour. So, mm-hmm. and and then on top of that, these three girls they did get refunds, and then on top of that, Korea, I think it was Korea Air had to like um, compensate everybody for the delayed flight, and this is just so these girls could get pictures with one one. I did hear about that. Yeah, I think they actually changed the law too because of this situation, this specific like situation where people are just buying tickets and just being like, "Oh, I'll just get a refund." I mean, if you're 16 and you're booking a first class ticket on your parents' credit card, you know, just so you can take pictures, obviously you have to like refund it right away so that they don't get charged and you don't get in trouble so that's that's bold that's super creative actually i mean yeah if they actually applied these skills to learning like yeah maybe going to school (laughs) the detective skills that some of these fans have they could work for fbi cia like anywhere that they wanted like it's it's insane. It's like those. It's like it's like what we were talking about last week with the Jenny and Kai situation, and how like all of these stands were like making these whole diagrams. Like Kai was actually staring at Jenny. If you look closely in this video, this is how we knew. And it's just, I mean, <laughs> that's creepy. But uh, it's also a skill that they could use uh, in a field that's actually important. Um, I hope those videos something. are so weird. Do you see the like the ones on YouTube where they slow it down just to Please show don't. like those <laughs> slow it down and like... then close up, close up, so it gets grainy. You can't oh, even see I'm anything anymore. Already. I just like why, but I I do like what happened to Jung is actually something that I I think happens more often than we know. Because I think Lay spoke about this as well too about how somebody snuck into his his like maybe hotel he was staying in or something like that and um just situations where you know like girls are stealing underwear and things like that i've heard exo members mentioning it before and i mean this is like it wasn't shiny or exo that the fans were putting cameras in the teddy bears that they were giving at the fan signs oh my god i never heard about that i feel like it was exo these fans are like 
it's like, what are you guys doing? I mean, I don't. That's scary. Like, I the whole big hit thing. What what's that about? I saw the post, but I don't know. Like, the they context. basically just posted information from like sasangs that have reached critical level. Ah, I just made critical level up. They didn't actually say that. <laughs> I, just, I mean, that's that's pretty. Something that I added. Accurate, though. It yeah, it accurate. is. Yeah, I mean, it's basically a do not engage list. This is like wanted. Like these people. You know, do not engage with them. They are not welcome in the fandom or anywhere. That's the low-key funniest video. It wasn't, okay, it wasn't funny when you think about what was happening. It's just funny because of his reaction. There's a video um, that, like, I guess one of the fan sites was taking of Jungkook. And when he realized, when he saw the fan site person, his whole demeanor changed. Like, his whole, he rolled his eyes and just was like, girl, like, what are you doing here? Like, his whole demeanor, it was hilarious. I have to see that video. It was hilarious. That said, don't stalk people. It's, I don't know how, what the law is in Korea, but it's illegal in most places. <laughs> and I don't think people who listen to our podcast would stalk. Um, At least we hope not. We I hope mean, we not. hope not. <laughs> You never yeah. know, but like, I, I I feel like if you listen to us, you probably have enough sense to maybe not be. Yeah. Don't stalk people. It's it's not cool, guys. It's, it's kind of crazy. Actually. You're not gonna get anything yeah. out of it. I yeah, believe. I mean, Opa's not gonna marry you anyway, so it's just don't do it. <laughs> Alan, do you have any insight into this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, firstly, I mean, the comedies don't give a fuck, really, right? Um, <laughs> And if anything, it's a good thing for them. Like, say if you've got a situation where, I don't know, someone's someone's taken a peek up Lovely's member's skirts or something like that, then that's that's really great for the company because what they get to do is they get to put out the press statement saying, you know, we don't approve of these people, and then that becomes an article and then that gets shared around and then Lovely's trend a bit higher in the news ratings. And, you know, and it's, and it's evidence that their group is someone that matters if, things are happening to them even if they're unpleasant so they're not you know i mean sure they want to look good they want to look like they're doing the right thing by protecting their artists but they don't but you know but if some things happen it's because they get a bit slack or they just can't control the madness out there then yeah they're, they're happy to look on the positive side and and get that increased web traffic to whatever site they've got an advert stuck on that talks about lovelies you know so part of the system as far as they're concerned also the thing i mean k-pop companies honestly actively encourage this sort of behavior anyway by i mean i'm sure if they really gave a crap about jay jung getting molested <coughs> they'd you know hire a security guard or something to to sit there but they don't because they don't really care that much i mean they'll they'll pretend to care a bit but you know they'll probably it's not it's not that big a deal for them. They're just not that worried about it because, you know, the safe things are their bread and butter. And having that small amount of crazy fans is kind of, it's part of what sort of kicks off the image of them as having a group that's actually doing something. Um, so much of, of Korean culture and one of the one reasons why I have no interest in going to Korea or, or any interest at all outside the music of Korea is that their culture is very much based on appearances and how things look to an outsider is often more important than how they actually are and they a lot of these people 
you know, they want to look like they've got a group that's really happening. And so if you're getting in the news because your fans are busting down your door doing crazy shit, then that plays into that. And K-Pop is really good at marketing. They're really good at marketing these guys to young girls or these girls to guys or whatever it is. You know, they've really got the image side of things down to a fine art and you're always going to get that small segment of the fandom which is going to get so sucked in by that that they're just going to go to the next level. And the companies are very well aware of that and they um, sort of tacitly encourage it in all sorts of ways. Um, I did an interview with – the most recent interview I did with um, Australian Sana, which I don't know if you've read, she talks about um, visiting Infinite Fan Cafe and about how and she talks about some of the tactics there that Willem actually used to sort of tacitly encourage say same behavior while it, on the surface seeming like they weren't doing that and in fact they actually were and companies will enjoy it they think it's good so and we can say it's, it's one thing to get all morally judgmental and say oh these say things are uh bad people or whatever but really they're very young people who are being strung along and in the cases where they are older people they're older people who have who probably felt exactly that same way when they were younger. They haven't been trained out of that mindset. They're still in that mindset, which is being constantly encouraged. So, well, well, yeah, they are insane and they're doing crazy shit a lot of the time that, you know, I certainly wouldn't do. (laughs) You know, it's sort of stuff you want to sort of smack them around the ear for if you've got a chance. But, but really, the blame lies with the people who are managing the situation for not managing it better. While you guys are chatting, I just watched EXO's Love Shot and Tempo and... Yeah, I, I can't say that I um, was really into it sexually, but I'm sure some people were. Um, uh, uh, it's, I, I don't, I don't think it's any more sexual than you know similar content by other groups of that age. I mean, once you're a boy group and you've been around for a certain number of years, they're sort of you know giving you songs and names like Love Shot, and you wander around with guns that squirt liquor, um, and it's all fairly. <laughs> obviously symbolic because you know your audience has grown up with you that's that's why in the west of the the um you know usually have the first two albums of the western boy group and by about the third album they're starting to mature a little bit and and they give them the sort of more adult sort of looks and they dress them up in suits instead of happy pants k-pop's actually one of the ways ways that k-pop's really improved compared to the west is by managing that transition from the sort of the innocent stage to the mature stage in a kind of a more subtle way that fans will actually swallow I mean, I don't think anyone predicted that A-Pink would start doing sort of mature concepts and people would actually like them, but they've managed to transition quite well. And I think EXO have transitioned quite well as well in terms of, you know, what they're trying to achieve. And that's what keeps and that's what keeps the, the 14, 15-year-old girl still into the group when they're in their 20s, is when, the, is when the company's able to make that transition. And that's why you have 20-something-year-old say-sayings who are doing crazy shit. Mind you, I would say a lot of them still are majority very young and i wouldn't underestimate the tech savvy of young korean teenagers who are probably the most tech savvy teenagers on the planet because south korea is the most tech technically advanced society on the planet at the moment when it comes to just the amount of toys that a consumer has at their disposal and the amount of integration of technology so i wouldn't be surprised if there was all sorts of age ranges in there for various reasons Switching gears, we've got some new idol groups on the horizon. I'm going to start off with what is probably Jimin's new favorite group. 
NCT Wavy, which is the <laughs> China-based unit of NCT. These are going to have seven members: Kun, Ten, Wenwen, Lucas, Xiaojun, Henry, and Yang Yang. And they've been releasing teaser images. They have released a group teaser image for their first single album, "The Vision," which will have a total of three tracks. I Wavy looks like they're going to be probably. I mean, I don't know what their concept is going to be. Pretty,、uh, pretty, just very pretty. Just very pretty. Beautiful, <laughs> rich, talented. I'm not going to lie. When I saw the first, well, one of the first teasers, I was like, "Are they promoting these boys to sell them, or are they promoting these boys for their music?" I was very confused. It was just like. Modeling, like it was looked like they had recorded this to launch their modeling career, career or something. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> every member of that group is just model esque and photogenic. Yeah, it was very strange. <laughs> Does anyone know if they've actually released any type of music or anything yet? No, I'm pretty sure they're supposed、seen. to release something on the 17th, which is a weird day to release music, but that's what I think. I'm not. Certain, SM. Um, SM has been releasing music on like Thursdays randomly, like recently. So I'm not surprised with that. But the TXT, I'm actually really interested.、Uh, in them. We weren't done talking about Wavy, so、oh, um, I'm, I'm, back to、I、the、apologize. relevant. I apologize. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, no, I'm so Wavy, capital P V. Um, what what are you feeling from them? Jimin, do you have any sort of insider scoop from the NCT fandom? Why do you think that I'm such、NCT、an NCT fan? I just because I refer to the underdog, whoever the underdog the is at the time. They are、oh, really, really from SM. Miss me with this whole big three privilege thing. I don't believe、really? in that, and the reason why is because if that was the case, NCT would have been a hit right off the bat. And we know that they, our children are out there struggling. They, they're not, they're barely hitting the million mark total. Yeah, and well, they released how many、too. albums and how many years. So they're on the struggle bus, and, and and I feel as well. This is a great segue because we're you know you guys are saying they you know they're not an underdog, but when when it comes to this text group, you know suddenly <laughs> suddenly they're an underdog, and I don't see how because BTS is the biggest group in the world. So、um, I don't expect anything. I'll I'll say this. I haven't watched. I only watched the first teaser, like the first half of the first teaser for the Czechs,、um, BTS's junior group, and they seem a lot like BTS to me. <laughs> I, I don't know. They just it just I don't know why they just give me the same vibe that BTS gives me. I don't know. I mean, obviously they haven't released anything. We just know what they look like. And that's well, according to what I read, allegedly, reportedly, there's. Their whole concept is going to be the light side of teen life. I guess is BTS was supposedly about the struggles and the difficulties of being a teenager, or a young adult. No, no, give me started on what BTS was about. And then they be T by T is going to be、curve. about the. <laughs> They were about hip hop. Okay, 
the hip hop life. They're they're so hardcore. So hard. <laughs> so TYT is or TXT or text or whatever they are is supposed to be more happy and fun and playful and young and because apparently Subin. One of them is 19. I think that's Subin, and he is supposedly the oldest. Oh. So that's automatically a group that I won't be listening to. Um, <laughs> I, I There's nothing that appeals to me about that concept anymore. Like, what? Maybe in another five or 10 years. Okay, that's a little long in K pop time. Yeah. So maybe in about another year and a half or two another youth concept out of big hit would be fresh but and and i get the whole you know it's the lighter side it's just the fact that i feel like you know i feel like bts kind of had a light side too um with was it wings where they have blood sweat and tears um on the album yeah uh fire is on that album as well i'm probably very wrong i'm not a bts fan don't kill me but fire was very uh light hearted it wasn't it was loud, it, and it was loud and wrong, like most armies. Um, but <laughs> it was it was on that lighter side, and I don't understand why everybody thinks that every BTS you know song was just so dark and so deep because it wasn't. There was a lot of stuff, even to like "Love Yourself," her, "Love Yourself," her, very light. I mean, a lot of the the tracks on it just like it fits more so of the new group's concept than what people are saying was BTS's concept. I just feel like BTS did it all when it turned when it comes to that the youth thing. And I don't know what more they can say about it. Um, well here's the official statement from Big Hit. Okay. Tomorrow by Together is a bright and youthful boy band where each member is different from one another, shining in their own way to create a synergy. Just as how their name suggests, the different members have all come together under one dream in hopes of building a new tomorrow. What? Wow. That's corny as <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is worse than Neon Culture Technology or Neo Culture. Whatever. That's worse than NCT. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. I'm not trying to be mean. That's probably mean, but um, what? I don't. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Nat have this. I'm gonna let Nat roast them. Well, no, I'm not gonna roast them because I'm gonna give them a chance. (laughs) I'm gonna be open minded. It's a new year. You know, regardless of the old drama in K pop, I'm gonna give these guys a chance and see if tomorrow by together Mm -hmm. um (laughs) which is a terrible, terrible name for a group, anyways. Um I'll see because I mean it looks like they're gonna come up with like seventeen esque like when they first no um, debut songs. That's what it looks like. It looks like no. they're pretty boys who are taking pictures with flowers and having videos of them riding their bike. And I, I think that's exactly what they're gonna do with this concept. Like they're gonna be you know, you know what it is? BTS is the elder sibling who had to deal with, you know, crackhead parents and you know, like rough lives and then Text, text is the younger sibling after the parents got their shit together and decided that they wanted to, you know, to be better. So that's, that's why they perfect. have, yeah, that's why they're like an easygoing group that doesn't talk about depression and like whatever. Oh, and a side note, I listened to Dang, that Dang song the other day from yeah, BTS. Dope, it isn't is, it? It is really good. It's a really good song. I yeah. told. 
what? See, you know, you guys never listen to me. You guys, <laughs> you guys roast my song choices, and and you didn't even pay attention to Wavy, but notice how uh, this whole this plug for a big hit is getting all of the uh, the conversation. I understand you guys are working for Jen and them. And 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 no, no, no. I understand. <laughs> no, we all know I work for JYP. Okay. And I work for YG. Like, let's be real at this point. So I, I work mean... for Icon. I only work for them. <laughs> you know what? From what I'm hearing, YG has like serious understaffing problems right now. So I mean, at this point, the fans are working for the company because the fans are promoting these groups and like Sungri or and his solo tour that's going on right now so i'm pretty sure yg is hardcore hiring right now on their website on their website i'm pretty sure they're hardcore hiring for like I, you i mean apply you never know you can, <laughs> well, these I mean, days anybody can work <laughs> yeah <laughs> And they're not making money anymore. Like they're not making Big Bang money anymore. So because Big Bang point. is is not in operation. So don't they come back this year? Well, announcing yeah, like, now's the time to put in the applications. I would yep. be very shocked if Big Bang came back and like YG because thinking about this whole Blackpink situation and the world tour and all that, I just would be very shocked if like I don't know they came back to a budget like. <laughs> No, <laughs> I just feel like YG has no money, and it's kind of not no money, but they don't. It they're just not what they used to be, and they're investing all their resources literally into failed reality shows and Blackpink. I mean, and Icon. Uh, well, Jenny, I should say, and Icon. Well, not Jenny anymore. Hold on. I mean, after after she went public, I don't know how. That's going down. YG might feel a little resentful. Well, I he mean, he like, kind of he's very controlling and he's also kind of gross. So who knows what's going through his head right now? Ugh. Mm. Don't really want to think about that, to be honest. <laughs> um, All right. JYP. JYP. <laughs> Change the topic. Yes. Wait. <laughs> Wait, hold up. Did we just go from bad to worse? I mean, <laughs> JYP is in a cult. So I, I don't understand. I, I mean, feel like the only thing I have to say about JYP these days is that he was in the cult, and that now the whole R. Kelly connection, the R. Kelly is connection, yeah. yeah. I don't is... know this. I don't know if you should be debuting a new group. You need to be taking a break and really reconsidering your life choices. But I'm excited for the new group. At least it won't be twice. I'm I'll hoping twice. that we get a. Mistake. Oh no, I like twice too. But I'm just like I feel like twice is the only group that's like hardcore working at JYP right are. now. They <laughs> so are. <laughs> at least it'll be someone that can take that load off, you know? I don't think it'll happen, but I'm hoping for like a miss, like the Miss A two twices, like Wonder Girl. Mm, I think I that's what people are saying. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, Jay, you know. I don't think Jay. so. I don't, because like, okay, I think we can all like remember back to like when all those girl groups were doing those sexy concepts mm-hmm. and then like i'm like even now like i'm not seeing that anymore that's true nobody's really doing that yeah because i mean that was like for a whole year like 
a whole lot of go-girls were coming out with that sexy concept, whether they wanted to or not, um, or whatever their comfort level was with that. And then, like, it was, like, constant backlash from what I saw. And I was like, you, people are complaining about this when the girls do it, but when the guys do it, it's, like, complete silence. When EXO tells you to drink their one <laughs> shot, y'all don't say that. Right, exactly. And so, I mean, like, ever since that whole year, like, after all that happened, like, the girl groups, they were, like, more demure and, like, more pure, quote-unquote, and, like, never, like, it's very hard-pressed to find any of the girl groups doing anything. It's, like, the concept. I mean, even, like, some of, like, the older ones I feel like they kind of, like, toned it down or they were, like, more sort of, um, like, working girls kind of thing or, like, they empathize themselves. Like, even now, I mean, that happened, like six years ago and I mean like here we are later and it's still like they're doing that <laughs> super cute stuff <laughs> I'm just like, I wonder why that's like I wonder why if that's the reason why Blackpink got off to such a like powerful start because they weren't that like you know what I mean like yeah. I wonder they were really almost the end, they were like the edgy concept Girl crush is what we call it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. They weren't cute, but they weren't also, like, overtly sexual. Yeah. I wonder. But I think being from YG kind of gives them a pass, too. Because yeah. people expect that. Yeah. You know? It's swag, like edgy, hardcore. There. Yeah. They don't swag. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I saw this gif of, like, a, a group of Korean people, like, in somewhere in... Uh, maybe Hongdae, who knows? They were swag surfing, and uh, I had to reevaluate my life after seeing it. It was very interesting. I just didn't think that in 2000 and well, maybe 18 that people were swag surfing in the middle of the street, but yeah. I'm tired of it, <laughs> the swag culture. And I think yeah. it, it is YG's fault. It is. Um, Oh no, they have hip hop there too, which is completely removed from YG. So yeah, so thanks to uh, thanks to Saul Taji and the boys, they uh, (laughs) invented swag culture. (laughs) Um, Well, the the new group, from what I'm hearing, seems like they will be like a dance oriented group. That's sort of the comments that I've been seeing because a lot of the people that they're or they're guessing who's going to be in the group seem like they're dancers um so i think in that way it could be similar more similar to miss a than to like wonder girls and twice but i don't know because twice itself is like i don't think they're like a like wonder girls i feel in the beginning were supposed to be an a retro sort of group not <laughs> kind of not what we would consider good vocal i'm trying to figure out what but... vocal yeah, that's good in, vocals, but, but they, <laughs> <laughs> they, they had one good singer. And, I mean, they kind of, like, had the girls around them. But, I mean, none of the other girls were, like, that pretty or that great of a dancer at dancing or anything like that. So I'm assuming that he wanted to put them together, you know, to sing his songs. And he's, like, JYP is a really big lover of music. So I assume that in, in his mind... He was thinking that they were not going to be like a 2 a.m. or like brown eyed girls vocal group, but they were going to be his his vision of a vocal group. Some people sort of like an outlet for his music, you know, 
Yeah. Well, Twice? Hannah's got a new track. You mean the one where she calls Edon her fiance, her husband? No, 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 no. The one that she teased maybe a couple of days ago on Instagram. She's like, it's um, it's hard to describe. It's not a good song, but she's like holding her phone down towards her MacBook. You mean to tell me you haven't heard it? I think I saw something about that. Is this like a real teaser or is it just her messing around on social media? Again? It's like a song that I've never heard with Edon and it wasn't the last one. Um, it's a new one and it sounds just, I mean, it sounds a lot like trash, but um, yeah, like I just. Lip trash uh-huh. or Lip Hip or whatever the hell that song was called? Like that trash or like Baby? <laughs> baby is not trash. I actually kind of like Baby. The chorus is okay. I Lyrically, I thought it was a strong song, but the delivery was not. That, that sounds like every Amber song ever. Like, lyrically, <laughs> it has meaning, but <laughs> in practice, it's horrible. Amber's working from her heart, okay? From her heart. I'm gonna need Amber uh, to work from her brain. So, I guess I'll segue this into a little more about YG because it turns out Speaking of YG and their staffing problems, they have been rumored. So Big Bang Sungri is on tour in Asia with his The Great Sungri solo concert. But apparently Sungri revealed that YG didn't remember that he had a concert one day in Hong Kong. And when he questioned about whether, and he actually was questioned about whether he even needed backup dancers by YG. So YG left him with just, two dancers for his concert. And apparently he joked about him taking his band and taking, and apparently he took the rest of his backup dancers and placed them with Blackpink for their performances. But yeah, and apparently Sungri kind of aired this out a little bit on Twitter. And he kind of said this in a joking way, I think. But after that, what happened, YG actually deleted the texts and blocked comments and blocked anything from being posted on the page. So people think that YG maybe got a bit in his feelings about what was posted on Twitter. But yeah, it seems like there's some weird stuff going on there right now i mean i feel bad for scenery that's the best yg move since love scenario though i just feel like why not put your resources behind no offense this is no offense to somebody at all but it's just like black pink versus singing be real with yourself like who's gonna draw more attention worldwide not necessarily like not necessarily obviously he's a part of big bang so obviously there's clout there but i'm talking about blackpink is sort of a wave right now worldwide that i feel like singly by himself without the rest of big bang isn't so that to me was a good move but anyway sorry for cutting you off i just had to say that no it's okay but i did want to ask alan do you have any thoughts about blackpink or about them trying to um bring them into america specifically mm, okay um you, you actually covered about a few different topics there so i gotta think back <laughs> about <laughs> to address some of that as well but blackpink you know they've got a good a shot as anybody 
I mean, the American market's the market to get into, really, when you look at the numbers. I mean, it's really the only market. America and Japan are the only real markets who are actually selling music. That is meaningful. It's certainly not meaningful in Korea. Everyone goes on about, you know, we've sold X amount, Y amount, whatever. Honestly, it really doesn't matter that much in the Korean market at all. But, yeah, I mean, why not give it a try? And, yeah, look, and I agree that, you know, Sungri doesn't need backup dancers. He's, he's big enough to fill the stage. He doesn't. He's lucky he gets two, to be honest. Um, and look, and I think he was just having a clown around on stage when he said that stuff. I think everyone's in that typical K-pop way is taking it all seriously and shit. Mm-hmm. And then YG has just sort of decided to cut off all the comments to stop people from going too far with it. And, of course, that just leads to more speculation. So you can't really do much about it. But, yeah, I mean, when, you, when you're running a... A label of any sort dealing with products that's got a finite lifespan right k-pop groups have got a finite lifespan girl groups especially but boy groups as well to some degree you know you're not really expecting these groups to last 20 years right so you want to you want to always push your new product because you don't need to push your old product like if big bang came out and did a concert tour tomorrow why do you wouldn't even need to advertise it because it would advertise itself because all the fans had talked because big bang are just really really big and they've just got that massively entrenched fan base they've got what we what's called in the music industry a core audience your core audience are the people who are always going to buy your next thing without even checking it out first they're not going to taste it first they're just going to go oh yep that's big bang oh here's my money that's your core audience and you and your initial goal when you're floating any sort of group is to try and build that core audience up who are just going to trust that whatever that next thing is that your group is going to do is going to be great Big Bang have that, whereas um, whereas a new group still building that. Um, maybe Icon have it now, or they're starting to get it now. Maybe Blank Pink, Black Pink are starting to get it now, but they're certainly at that point where it's still building. So you want to sort of ride the wave upward. You don't want to try and squeeze the last drops out of someone who's already got, you know, his all the fans he's probably ever going to get, which is quite a large amount of fans. But you know, there's there's probably not going to be too many fangirls discovering Sungri tomorrow. You know what I mean? Even if YG did push it. So, and that's why, that's why they're always pushing the new thing. That's why, you know, when MBK were pushing Dia, trying to use Tara, Tiara's name to push Dia, all the, all the Tiara fans got really narky about it. I'm like, you know, why are you doing that? But it's good business sense because Tiara's not going to last forever, whereas Dia's going to be with that label for a lot longer. So he wants to try and get some of the shine onto the new group. And it's the same with any group and any label. You know, you, you, your Big Bang, your Infinite, your Super Junior, you know, your Shiny, etc. They don't need a big promotional effort. They promote themselves just fine. You want to, you, you want to push your NCT and your latest whatever, or your, um, or something like that, because you want to build the new thing up so it's got that same ability to be sustainable and to then fire off one of the other projects or whatever. So, yeah, um, that brings me to just the other thing, which we guys started off talking about the new NCT China unit and the and the question was asked, do they look like perf- music performers or models? And the answer is that they're models, obviously. And that's really the um, answer to any group. I mean, they're trying to get people that can be sold in that kind of way. And that's absolutely what they'll be trying to do with them in China is, is to have nice, fresh Chinese faces that they can use to sell you know, products to Chinese people. And that's where the money is going to come in, start rolling in. So that's 
you know, that that's really what they're trying to do. And that's fine, you know, um, and maybe there'll be a good song out of it or maybe there won't be, will, will remains to be seen. But but the image is obviously all important because that's what they're, that's what K-pop companies are really selling. They're selling the people. They're not really selling the music. The music's a business card and the business card, it's, and it's a business card for the actual people that they re- which is what they really want to sell to you in very, by various means because that's where the money is. So, yeah, NCT models and, you know, they seem like nice, young, fresh-faced people. Hopefully they do all right. We'll see. They've got a good chance being under SM in China who generally do fairly well. We'll see what happens. Alan, I, I have a... Sorry. Yeah, you go ahead. I well, finish. I just have a question stemming off of that for you. Uh, it's just interesting because that's definitely something that we can see with K-pop. So I guess, you know, would you consider that a defining factor of just K-pop is, you know, the idea of selling the person and that is what separates that from other music industries across the world? Or would you feel, would you say that that's just in general sort of the, the first step in celebrity? I would say that K-pop is probably a more heightened version of the same sort of thing that we're seeing elsewhere because, I mean, in the Western music business, I mean, the music business in general has been declining for decades. It's been on the decline since the 1990s when, um, and it's not showing any signs of really getting back up to it. Whereas, yeah, there's, we've got new forms like streaming and stuff now, but it's, it's a pittance compared to what it was when people were regularly dropping thirty dollars every week on albums on physical albums you know um and singles and like seven dollars for a single or whatever that's what they cost here what they did cost um ever since then it's been declining the amount of money has been declining it's getting to the stage where you can't really make a living from selling music anymore now where korea is different is that korea had this transition very very quickly korea is like the first country to have high-speed internet everywhere and it's and they went from you know, people buying albums all the time to people just downloading stuff like almost overnight. It was a really, really fast transition. And so what that means is that the physical music market just bottomed out just almost straight away. And so for companies to survive, what they had to do was they had to start selling the in the people because a person is something that you can't really digitize you know the experience of another human being is something that you can't you can you know you can't really replace that and with technology completely i mean you can try like hatsune miku or something but it doesn't really work for most people most people want they want to have that flesh and blood experience of seeing another human and having a human deliver their music or their entertainment of whatever description so so korean entertainment communities um that's why they all call themselves blah 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 entertainment they don't call themselves blah 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 music um the indie ones do but the big ones don't you know, it's always, you know, JYP Entertainment, SM Entertainment, um, because they're acknowledging that it's um, it's about entertaining you. It's not really about selling you music at all. And how they entertain you is by floating charismatic people that you like and then getting them to do stuff, whether it be releasing a song or appearing on an advertisement or being in a drama or whatever, however they can do it, you know, whatever works. You know, they're, they're interested in just whatever works, whatever makes money so you can buy the thing. And and the West is still struggling with that a little bit. They'll, they may catch on eventually, but the thing is, Western culture's got a bit of a different attitude to the way music is presented. 
like, like in the West, it's important for some people that music is kind of seen as credible, as artistically credible. And whereas in Korea, that's not really quite such a big thing. So because of this obsession with artistic credibility, certain things are seen as off limits. Like if Metallica went out tomorrow and started promoting Coca-Cola, their fans would get upset. They'd be like, oh, you're selling out. <laughs> you know, whereas, whereas if Icon did it, nobody would care. It'd be fine. It'd be like, oh, cool, you're making money. Good on you, you know. So so there's avenues that aren't quite as open in Western markets for that for those sort of cultural reasons. And so K-pop's really taken to selling the person a lot better and having the music as just an, incident, an incidental aspect. It doesn't really fly that well in the West, which is why the Western industry is still, where, why a big country like America with so much invested in music is still actually struggling to stay on top of their game. And you have artists who, in the 90s, who, you know, were million dollar, selling million dollar albums. Nowadays, they've got Kickstarters and stuff like that, and they're trying to do crowdfunding um, because, you know, the bottom's falling out of it. And it's a really difficult transition for Western markets. And how it's going to play out in the future, I'm not sure. But given the way that things have been for Western artists traditionally, it's probably not going to be very pretty. I mean, your streaming certainly no replacement for CD sales, that's for sure. Artists make virtually nothing. And, yeah, it's the same old story of artists getting, getting fucked over, except now the pot has become smaller for everybody. The thing about Wavy for me is... <laughs> I can feel the anti's coming. Uh, is mm-hmm. that, I don't. I don't think that they're going to go anywhere because, okay, they're funded by by SMA K-pop group, but there's already groups in China right now that mm-hmm. that they're big and like mm-hmm. I didn't realize this, and I just stumbled upon them. But like watching like the fan camps and like they're performing live, I was like, okay, first of all, they remind me of NCT by like their style. The way that they the way that they look and like their music so it was like they already <laughs> they already got them on that front and some of the members in this this next seven they're in another group called nine percent and it seems like both of the groups are big in china and so now sm is just now getting on the ball about nct china that they've been talking about for a few years now and i guess people thought that that was going to happen sooner I mean, eventually they're happening now <clears throat> while they're somewhat the hot thing, but I really don't think they're going to go that far because there's already groups with that style, that style of look and music already in the country that people already know. I mean, the SM angle might help the Wavy 7 get their foot in the door. Who knows? They might blow up and take over the competition. I don't know. But, I mean, at the same time, I'm just like, I don't think the K-pop fans realize that. And I know that C-pop is somewhat of a more insular yes. industry because they just really keep inside the country. <laughs> and that's kind of it. Yeah. You don't hear anything else about it. Um, even some, like, the big names, um, like Joel and I'll give, you a, I'll give you a sort of a business perspective on that from... Um, so what people will have to realize when they're assessing some sort of, I don't know, international advancement or some new weird thing that a label does, whatever whatever it happens to be, is, I mean, every venture that you do is going to be a risk of some sort. It may or it may not work. As someone who's been sometimes successful, but usually not, most things don't work, 
right? And most of the time, the, a company that's putting stuff out is really just sort of guessing and hoping that something's going to work because there really is no magic formula. Because if there was one magic formula, then everybody would do it successful, and then and then you'd have so much competition, and then it would all fall apart because everyone's trying to go for the same pot. So it doesn't work like that. I mean, let's take JYP and him trying to break the Wonder Girls in America. I mean, that didn't really work out that well. But he was in a position where he was financially able to give that a shot because he had, you know, he he was able to say, all right, well, I've got X, Y, and Z, which is already working for me really well. Let's get this thing over here and try and break that in the States and just see if we can do it. If it works, then great. We can expand the business more. If it doesn't work, then I will just pack up and go home after it, it fails for a few years. But we'll give it our best shot. And so he gave it his best shot. Didn't work out that well. He ended up, you know, ended up packing up and leaving. The, it wasn't really a failure because JYP learned something and we all learned something and he you know he gave it a go and he had the position to do that he wasn't going to bankrupt his company I mean he's not stupid he's not gonna he's not gonna put all his eggs into that one basket to the point where if it fails his whole company goes under which is what everyone was thinking it was going to happen but it didn't what happened is he just said okay that didn't work well let's just do a few more things that I know will work and then while well, I plan the next move and then twice came out and oh, suddenly he's rich. Well, imagine that. So, you know, not, not an accident and not something that wasn't planned. He had, while, while Wonder Girls were overseas in America, he had tried twice in the trainee lab, you know, working on stuff and building up their language skills and their dancing, whatever the hell they do back there, whipping them, feeding them a chicken breast a day, I don't know, putting them in with cold, I don't know. But so, and so with SM, SM are huge, you know, they've got, loads of money so they, they can afford to experiment so sm in china is not like make or break oh my god this has to work or we're gonna or we're gonna be in the shit gosh with it it's it's okay let's try it's okay let's try this sm he's probably not even managed by the ceo he's probably got his china division ceo and that he's he's probably got some guy in his company that is allocated say so, all right you're in charge of the china bit you take care of this see if you can make it happen and he's probably allocated him a budget and certain amount of staff and said all right here's here's your your kit your china kit you go do this let's see if it works and if it doesn't work then he'll just get those resources and chuck them back in the next exo or or whatever or nct in korea but um but really a company's silly to not occasionally take those sort of chances because even though you know you've got your initial parts of the business at work, you never you never know when those things are going to die. You know, just like the music industry, like physical sales died. No one actually predicted that, really. Um, but the companies that ahead of time worked out other ways to sell themselves, when that died, they were like, "Oh, okay, glad we weren't aboard that ship when it started to sink." So. So businesses are always looking for ways to expand and ways to try things a little bit differently. And, yeah, they may not work. And this NC China thing, I mean, you're probably right, probably not going to work, you know. But who knows, it might. They might have some sort of breakout hit thing and you just never really know. It's not the, it's the sort of thing that it's very easy to be wise about in hindsight. But when it's actually happening, you don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, nobody predicted some of the, you know, Gangnam style, for instance. You know, that's absolutely no one thought that was going to happen. So you never can tell where the next thing's going to come from. You just have to sort of throw your hat into the ring and just sort of, and if you've got enough money to do that and come out with not too much of hurt, if it come, if it all turns out bad, well, you're silly not to give it a go and just to try to expand. You know, I mean, I, I have the same philosophy with my blog you know I've, I've got the blog which i know works and then i try different things which may or may not work so i say all right let's try do some live streaming see if that works see if people like it if it if it 
if they like it, great. If they don't like it, then hey, no big deal. All right, let's try and do a Reddit, see if people like the Reddit. That's what I'm doing now. Um, and and tomorrow I might be all right. Well, let's try a computer game, and I'll put this on the internet, see if people want to buy it. And look, chances are it's probably just going to fail. But who knows? Maybe it won't. I didn't think the blog would succeed. I had no idea. Um, but it somehow became wildly successful beyond what I'd ever thought it could. And now I'm sitting here talking to you. So that's so when you've got something that works, that's what you do. You try and get other things that are related to it and try and push them out there, just see what works, see what doesn't. And, you know, and that's what business is. It's going through all the failures until you get a success. And, you know, you might fail nine times before you succeed with one thing. And, and, that's, and so that's how these people look at it. So, and I'm not saying you're not right about being cynical about these things because you probably are, let's be honest. It's probably not going to work that well. But, but that's the business angle on it. That's why people do these crazy things because there is that off chance that it might work out. And yeah. anyone who is successful in the music industry is there because originally they got extremely lucky and they know the power of luck and the power to possibly be extremely lucky a second time. So they know that if there's a chance to gamble, that they should take to that that. I think, too, that um, SME has already learned from their previous attempts at, like, a rotational or um, multinational group with um, Super Junior and EXO. And it seems like they've applied that, <laughs> what they've learned from those two groups to Wavy, because um, I think yeah, that there were a lot more hands on yeah. with EXO. Um, that's, I mean, I'm not like when it, I wasn't really into EXO like that much when they first started, but it seemed like even with EXO M, they were a little bit more hands on. But maybe through you know the guys leaving and Lee having his own agency, and um, I think Victoria also from FX has her own agency in China. I think they've learned to sort of allow people on the ground to have more creative control in that way yeah. so that they don't have an exodus of their foreign members. Yeah, um, every time a business does something, even if it stuffs up, they learn a few things about it. I mean, Super Junior was originally meant to be some sort of rotational group and it yeah. kind of and it kind of didn't quite pan out that way and they learned a few things from that and then they tried it again with EXO and it's sort of, it worked mm -hmm. for a little while and then it sort of not worked and so they've just reconsolidated back in their career and but then they're trying it a third time so obviously if they're doing it again they've they're not going to just do it exactly the same way they're going to do it differently each time so they're thinking about different ways they can expand so each time they float a group that's a major it's like once every four years sm floats a boy group so each time they're doing it they're thinking all right well this is an opportunity to expand ourselves in new directions um so let's take this opportunity and try and twist it a different way to see if this works and okay, last time I didn't, but we learned not to do X, Y, Z, and now we'll try ABC. And so that's what they're trying to do with NCT, and yeah, we'll see how they go. But as a fan, you really shouldn't, you know, there's not much point really worrying about these things as a fan. You know, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's either going to work or it's not. There's really very little we can do about it. And, and they're going to make the decisions they're going to make. And, you know, I just enjoy the ride, enjoy the music if you like music, enjoy the guys if you like the guys. Or the girls if you like the girls and just you know I, i'd encourage people to get something out of it on a personal level rather than worrying about the business aspects i mean because as someone who deals in business i when i look at k-pop i don't even worry about the business so i don't care i mean i know about all this stuff i don't actually care about it someone was actually talking to me on twitter today and they were saying to me you know i like talking to you about this business stuff but it frustrates me because i know you don't like talking about it 
and I'll say, yeah, I don't like talking about it because it's my job, you know, to, to it's been my job for a while to, to think about those things. And, you know, and I like to, I like to be getting involved in K-pop to get away from that. And I, cause I actually enjoy the music. I just want to enjoy music. Uh, and, um, the fact that I can sort of see the business aspect of it is kind of nice because it makes me sort of understand why the decisions are being made, I suppose. But, and I don't mind educating people, I guess, but it's not something I think about. And I don't sit there rah rah cheering for my favorite groups. Oh, I hope they make money or whatever. It's, you know, that's up to them. You know, I worry about my own money. I can worry about their money. <laughs> I've got enough of my own money worries to worry about without having to worry about someone else's money that I don't even get to see any of. So, I mean, you know, I hope they all do well. You know, I hope they make bank. But, but at the end of the day, it's not my business. And my business is, have you got a good song? Then that's where I, that's where I care. That's the point where I care. Since it's now, it's January 2019, it's just getting started. Uh, I think it's a good time for us to kind of throw out our thoughts and predictions for the upcoming year. Um, I know some of you guys have been thinking about it and have some prepared. So, Jimin, would you, what? Like, would you like to go? <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so I predict that uh, against all odds, NTT will be successful. Hechan will come back uh, from having, I think he broke his foot, broke his leg. Yeah, he'll come back and he will be um, very successful. I also predict that YG will continue to decline. Uh, Icon, get out of there as fast as you can. I predict that JYP will um, find a way to ruin GOT7. I don't know, though. They do a really good job in ruining themselves. So, no offense. I love GOT7. It's just I don't love their music. <laughs> um, my other predictions, let's see. We might see a Hannah Edon at some new agencies. I actually think that Edon might try to do the international thing. I know like some news had broke earlier uh, in the podcast where they were talking to agencies right now. Um, and they did mention something about Edan possibly talking to international agencies. I can really see that. Um, I don't know how successful that'll be because even though we know Edan has written a song that was very, very popular, that was very good, um, we don't know that he can replicate that success. Um, but I do predict that he will try to um appeal more to like a a non-korean market even if that might be i don't know how good his japanese is but even if that might be japan um and that's really all of my favorite all the rest of my predictions are like y'all don't want to hear those it's kind of i don't want to get anybody sad or um i don't basically i don't want to what happened to us last year with Golden Child to happen again with any of the other <laughs> predictions. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep them to myself. I thought you were being serious. I know. Like, I was seriously, with... like sad, like depression oh, no. stuff. I, no, I mean, no. Golden I Child. Hope nothing sure. sad happens. Um, yeah. I mean, of course, we can expect like some groups to underperform. Is that sad? Do you guys like get sad when your favorite group 
doesn't release bops like when Red Velvet consistently releases like really bad boy type songs. Do you guys get sad? Um, I think don't. kind of. I mean, I, I it's just, more disappointment. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't I think, get sad. I like own the fact that NCT has a a lot of noise and a lot of just like straight up garbage. Garbage. Um, <laughs> if we were living in the eighties, I would not be going to purchase their new albums. I would not. I mean, I'm so happy we live in the YouTube generation. Um. So, but I I do predict a lot of um. I think I think musically 2019 will be a better year than 2018 because 2018 was a mess and part of that was because of 101 but now they're gone so uh, well now we have the <laughs> next in that one song though like I I know that we like you know 101 had a huge year last year and I honestly cannot even name a song from energetic right isn't that the song yes so yeah. oh see there you go that might be a Vic song. I think it's a Vic song. The reason why I think it's a Vic song is because every time I hear the song in my head, I imagine Robbie. So uh, I think it's a Vic song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know, but it's called Energetic. So please correct me if I'm wrong. But um, I do predict that EXO or all of Shiny will be in the military, except for Tevin. Tevin probably will never go to the military. EXO will start going to the military. That's not really a prediction, but more of a fact. Yeah, they're getting to that age now. Yeah, FX will have a comeback. Don't at me. Okay, <laughs> that's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> hey, I would love it. I would love for it to happen, but and I then when it happens, yeah, we'll see. Anything okay. else? Oh, okay. Uh, We're I going mean, on. Like I said, unless you guys want to get cussed out by saying, <laughs> you don't, don't want to hear the rest of my <laughs> rest of things I have to say about 2019. <laughs> okay. Anyone else? Um, I don't think, well, I predict that the, like, the one-on-one boys, I don't know. I don't think, like, any of their careers are going to go anywhere once they Ooh. leave the group. I mean, just look at the, look, I mean, looking at the history, I mean, I could be wrong, maybe, <laughs> but just looking at the history of all the other groups and, like, what happened when, when the IOA and the J... JBJ is over with. Like you don't hear anything about him anymore. Jay, this like, isn't Mix Nine, okay? These are like established. Okay, well, okay, well they, uh, yeah, because Mix Nine didn't even get off the ground. B and Unity. Yeah, I mean, better indication <laughs> or comparison to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mix Nine, they, whoever, That's like, my all whole the point, though. My point is, is that at least 101 <laughs> debuted and, like, actually had a year of music or more. Was it more? Or was it it's 18 year? months, I think. Yeah. Okay. They it's had. Well, yeah. I mean, they're still promoting, even though their contract's up. But I mean, yeah, they have a contract. Really if you want to work for free, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yikes. But I mean, like you guys were saying earlier, though, you don't believe in, like, personality Kong Daniel he's but we talked about that before you know that that's your talent is your is your passion (laughs) (laughs) that's That's a throwback that's a throwback you threw that back all the way to 
a year ago almost. <laughs> it's, it's still it still sticks. It's so. still, yep, you're right. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's all that's all I got. Um yeah, that's all okay. I got. Okay, Nat, you have any predictions? Um <clears throat> I think that the new groups from the big three and um text as we're calling them i think that they're going to do really well i think that this boy group that yg is dropping and i think they're dropping a girl group too and then the jyp's new girl group and who the, who the hell knows what sm is doing right now i mean it's wavy and they're probably going to drop like uh, another version of nct for like thailand or whatever <laughs> who knows at this point um but i feel like these groups are all going to do very well um, and outside of that, I don't really know. Like, I hope we get a tiara come back, uh, now that they have won all these trademark or copyright or whatever lawsuits that they had going with MBK. Um, I don't know. K-pop is like so different from when I started <laughs> listening to it. So now I'm kind of just like, there's so many new groups. There's so much going on internationally. It's it's almost hard to keep up in a lot of ways. Um, like if you want to stay on top of the news, yeah, I don't know. I like BTS is still gonna do well. EXO is still gonna do well. Super Junior is still gonna be a Latin pop group. Uh, <laughs> Red Velvet Super still Junior gonna... should disband. <laughs> Period. I don't. I don't even know why they were able, like, even assemble. Because if you think about it, there's very little like there's no personality but there's very little actual talent oh that's a hot take well but the, it's a fact. I think the common like belief in the fandom is that all the groups all the members that didn't get into um dspk literally just like the leftovers are what we have in super junior i don't know if that's true or not but, yes. um, that's because some of the members were supposed to be in the other group right so, isn't that what happened with uh exo a little bit too wasn't suho supposed to be shining yeah but they were suho... but then temin came and auditioned and literally the next day they were like sorry you have a lot tough of luck. yeah they were like you have a lot of passion <laughs> <laughs> That's your talent. Your passion, <laughs> one thousand. Yeah, passion for talent. <laughs> when I heard that, when I heard that Tamin only literally trained for like what two months, and then Suho has been training for like fifteen years and still didn't get you. That's gotta like, hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's you know what. Put it on the docket. We got to do an episode about members who almost debuted in other groups and things. Oh, and I'm sure how that will change list. the dynamics because that that's an interesting idea. Like, look at um, I can never remember that girl's name from Twice, who was like a trainee for like 15, 10 years or whatever, um, and she she just never got a chance to be in. And I guess Miss A would have been the only other option for her. You could also look at it as like this too, like almost all of Icon was almost in winter. (laughs) 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 They were the loser group, so yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, but think about how much like think about what if you had Bobby in winter? That would be a fire group among That would be a dumb group. That would be a fire group. (laughs) Yeah, because winter is really missing like that one thing. 
because they <laughs> had one. They had they had a good member, and they dropped him because of his mental illness or who knows what's going on, like behind the scenes and whatnot. But the only person of substance in that group was dropped, and now they do just corny hip hop concepts or cornier hip hop concepts. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, I love Winner. I do. But I, I can admit that. <laughs> you know, so. Winner is like, okay, okay, maybe not in practice. Well, no, definitely in practice. Every day was like no more dream. What? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. <laughs> like the, the, the hip hop, the hip hop vibe, right? Like the, not, it was totally different songs, but like the, I need to like clarify. Series? I can't believe you said that. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> it's not a joke. I'm dead serious. Oh my! You guys don't see understanding. That. You need to. Un- I. I mean, I. You can pay no okay. dreams every day. <laughs> no, you guys don't. Okay. Okay. So explain maybe, it. Maybe, okay. Let me. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to really, really reel this in. Okay. Okay. Do you remember BTS debut? And mm-hmm. everything up until basically like the past, maybe twenty sixteen, maybe twenty fifteen was. Well, when did uh Save Me come out? Twenty fifteen. Uh... Everything was like this, like whatever they thought hip hop was at the time. Everything Just imagine that in twenty eighteen, and then you have Winter. Nah, nah, nah. Yes, yes, yes. The Migos formula, the future. Kind of, kind of. I see what you're saying now. Yeah. Okay. Think about what what music was really popular in 2018. Migos, future, in terms of hip-hop, right? Future, Lil Uzi Vert, like, Takashi, this kind of style. That, Mm -hmm. to me, is what every day was like, listening to and watching that video. Mm-hmm. With them doing a shoot dance. Okay, I got you. I got you. I see you. I see and you if now. I time travel back to 2013, whatever BTS was trying to do was what they thought was happening in hip hop at the time. What was that era like? Chris Brown era? That was before YouTube was, was popular. That was 2012. So 2012? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was before Future. Oh, my. Ooh, I can't wow. even remember this is that. Like... But still. BTS logic and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Wow, I don't was, know what's going that on. That was real shade. That was real shade. She's really trying to roast me. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll accept it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, predictions, predictions. I can't even remember where I left off. But um, oh, uh, Hyolin's gonna still drop fire tracks and make money, even if people get mad. Um, I don't know. I don't even know what I want to see more of in K-pop. I just hope that it's good. I, I kind of want to be surprised in a lot of ways with concepts and just music that people are dropping. I would be surprised if Red Velvet drops a song this year that I like. So I wouldn't. That will, I'll put that on the prediction. You went too far. You tried to uh, roast me for that BTS winter comparison, but you just went too far. Red Velvet <laughs> is still a top girl group of our generation, and you will stand. So they are number three to twice. Oh, uh, I think that's a lie. So we can move, we can move forward. <laughs> Alan, do you have any predictions? Um. Yeah, I do. You know, you guys know I do a prediction post every year, right? 
Yes. Um, so I'll put him in there. But oh, no, I don't really care necessarily. I mean, you know, music will come out. Some of it will be good. Most of it won't be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, um, you know, most hopefully we get some good songs. What's what, what actually, what things will happen that actually make a difference? Probably, well, we're probably going to see some bullshit new music trend come out, right? Because we've had this tropical housing and that's starting to die really hard now. It's, you know, just in these last few months, it's, we're pretty clear that we're on the tail end of that and the whole Latin pop thing as well. But something's going to replace that. So I think what we're going to have is over the first half of the year is probably we're going to get the good songs because we're not going to have some bullshit new trend that everyone's going to just be drawn to. And then at some point during this year, there's going to be just some horrible dick-sucking trend that comes out of, like, America or somewhere, I don't know, and K-pop will latch onto it and then then everything's just going to go to shit and all your favourite groups are just going to have these new songs. You're going to have a little bit. It's just like in 2013 where everybody had to have a dubstep drop. It's going to be like that. And, and, you know, you don't hear dubstep drops in K-pop anymore and there's a reason for that. It's because they fucking suck balls. And there's going to... There's going to be some new trendy bullshit that comes out, and it's going to K-pop's just going to make this massive detour into it, and it's just going to be like, oh god, um, and you're going to be wishing back to six months ago. So I think it's probably the main thing that's going to happen that's going to be bad. Um, I don't know. Things will happen. You know, most of the tra- trajectories that you currently th- see, I think, will continue. You know, BTS have been doing very well. I think they'll continue to do very well. I think Blackpink will continue to do very well. Um, I think that, you know, I think Icon did really well last year because they had Love Scenario, which is a huge hit. And I think they'll probably, you know, I think they'll gradually try and why you try and position them as the new Big Bang and they'll, you know, they may not quite get up there, but, you know, it'll be enough to keep the company afloat. They'll do all right. Um, you know, uh, it'll just be business as usual, same old shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and people will continue to be insane and none of the problems that are in K-pop at the moment are really ever going to be solved to any great degree because nobody really wants to solve them. You know, you're still going to get, you know, say things doing crazy shit because no one really cares and people make money off it. Um, you're still going to get, you know, um people getting into dumb controversies and stuff like that because you know because there's no real motivation for anyone to be educated about anything in particular and you know and they're all a bunch of young kids anyway who are sort of closeted away from everything else so of course they're going to be ignorant there's nothing's going to change you know expect to the things the things that are pissing you off now are going to keep pissing you off and the things that you like now you're going to continue to like it's not going to be any radical changes and you know so don't worry about it. Just enjoy what you can get out of it and all the other stuff. Just try not to let it bother you too much. <laughs> and, okay. and, yeah, that's it, really. Wouldn't it be the worst if this whole, like, Korea obsession with Queen sort of translated into the music? Mm-hmm. I would argue that. That out into existence. <laughs> well, well, Queen had some Sorry. good songs. I mean, you know, if they can write some good songs, some good songs come out of it, then great. Um, I guess it might all fall apart if they try and redo Bohemian Rhapsody or something. Yeah. It'd be a bit shameful. But keep in mind that Queen themselves couldn't even do Bohemian Rhapsody. That was a studio creation. Yeah. When when 
when they played that song live during the opera part, they all dropped their instruments and walked out for a minute and then came back on and did the heavy part. So, <laughs> and I mean, that's analogous to K-pop in a way where K-pop is very much a studio creation. I mean, it's um, live. I mean, when, when you see them live, they're really just singing over backing tracks that have their own voice on them. So it's not really a full live music experience in the sense, same way that a Western group is. So, yeah. But, you know, hey, if hey, Queen had good songs, I mean, they had a lot of hits and you know they're and at their best they're a great group so hey if they incorporate some of that songwriting in terms of the just songwriting smarts i'm all for it but if they try and incorporate the more superficial elements of queen into their music yeah then it might not go so well I mean, we've seen we've seen a bit of that i mean a couple groups have tried to do have tried to add a little bit of that sort of stuff i don't know history did it i don't know if you remember them but they yeah they they had a song okay. to, uh, a little bit like that predictions um, was that it? predictions yeah yes. shit's gonna happen but yeah same old shit <laughs> same old shit. <laughs> don't don't get too excited nothing's gonna blow you away okay well that's reassuring <laughs> but, you know, if you're enjoying K-pop there's no reason not to continue to you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's gonna be you know your, your groups are gonna do stuff you're gonna like it or you're not gonna like it and that's it and and yeah and all the same shit's gonna happen behind the scenes. And there's going to be shit that makes you eye roll, but you know that's that's just what K-pop is. It's you know it's because it's a machine that's not manufactured with the best interests of you or the performers in mind. You know you're you're the product, really. Things like what I do, what you do, this podcast. Your the the consumer equation in K-pop is completely on its head. Like when you go into a supermarket, you think that you're the customer, but you're not. You're the product. Um, and your your and it's your buying of things, uh, and the real customer is the people who are putting the products on the shelf. And because those the, because you can't just put your product on a shelf in a supermarket. You actually have to pay for that. You know to get to have Coke pay supermarkets thousands upon thousands of dollars to have a special shelf at eye level with all their products on, and they pay that because they know that you know they'll they want to be a visible brand and they want you to, and they know that you're going to go in there and buy it. And their supermarket, what the supermarket is selling to Coke is they're selling you. They're saying you, you need to spend your money with us because we have a lot of customers who will come in and buy your product. Um, and that's how the K-pop equation works. It's got nothing to do with people buying, you know, music really. It's, it's about, it's about getting people up who are, who are charismatic and who have a nice face and who have a lot of fans and then selling those that that person to a third party like someone who wants to sell a car or someone who wants to sell a soft drink or whatever and saying all right well look you can give your money to our, our, our k-pop label because we've got these very nice charismatic young guys who are willing to hold your soju or hold your coca-cola and smile a lot and that'll give you a lot of profit because all the crazies and we have a lot of crazies because you've heard about them on the news because you know what these crazy safe things are like. We've got people who are really uncritical and just blindly follow our groups and we've nurtured these people so we've got tons of them. And they will see uh, your your they'll see Bobby holding Coke and they'll say, I'm gonna buy Coke because Bobby's holding it. And your profits will go up. And that's exactly what happens. And that's ex- and that's how everyone makes their money. And and that's why you will never see any large-scale serious action against say things because they're they're an important part of the business equation and 
they and they're just being really they you might think the say sayings are victimizing the um idols but really the say sayings and the idols are really both the victims in the equation they're the ones who are being used for a completely different business equation they're then the say things they're really just being emotionally manipulated they're just kids or 20 somethings or whatever who are you know and yeah they're doing bad shit and they shouldn't be doing that shit sure but they're really they're someone else is pulling the strings and they one day they'll realize it and they'll go oh boy i did a lot of stupid dumb shit when i was young <laughs> <laughs> and there you go that's, that's how that's how that say saying thing links into the whole larger equation of everything if that makes any sense hopefully it does mm -hmm. it did. <laughs> all right not going on a positive note isn't it <laughs> no no <laughs> no it's uh it's just one of those things <laughs> that you sit and think about yeah mm. like someone okay shout out to to golden child that's how we'll end the show yeah, I, I was about to say any shout outs or announcements. Shout out shout to one. You have a few weeks left. What Get rid of those ten thousand dollar tickets. So yes. go up. So <laughs> <laughs> um shout out to ATs. Um if you're an AT stand, please blow up Jay's mentions. Um <laughs> first, they have to find it first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also favorite. Or favorite, which is Who? what I've actually been calling them since that Luna song dropped. Friend, what uh, is that? Favorite. It's a new group. It's a new group. And they have a song called Loco, which is not terrible. Well, shout out to not being terrible and having passion in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I just <know> your talent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You really want them to find my 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 handle, don't you? <laughs> hey, these detectives, these K-pop detectives, they can find you. <laughs> yeah, they can find you on less than that. Oh my god! Really want to? <laughs> All right. Also, also note, um, I've gotten a couple of messages about the K-pop fantasy football league. Our draft. Um, her draft oh, okay. came in. Um, particularly, I think a couple people were confused from our last episode. Are the um, listeners in, going to be involved in this, or is this just between us? You know what? If the listeners want to go ahead and nominate some potential draftees, they can go ahead and nominate. Please keep in mind that we only have room for to pick 28 people, so we're not going to be picking from a bank of, like, thousands there's literally thousands of idols so don't do that to us um instead let's try to like maybe we should do some sort of like poll or something like that where they can maybe write in or something yeah we can um, definitely do a poll yeah and then we can choose from those based like in the draft that's what a draft is i don't know if you guys have ever watched a draft for any major sports team or a sports league that's what's ha what happens is basically they get a selection of lottery picks and depending on who wins the lottery. So like if Jay gets, you know, the first vote, he gets to pick the first person and he'll probably draft all of Icon as the first person, even I'm though mean. it's only limited to one. But you get what you you get what you're supposed to do. The rules. <laughs> Jay's going to break them. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, <so I'm> <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, so I, I think that would be what if you guys are. Do you guys think that would be a good idea to open the draft to listeners? I don't yeah. see a problem with it. Yeah, and get some involved too. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's open the draft to listeners. Sounds good to me. Um, any more? Anything? Other comments? Anything else you guys want to say before I sign off? One more shout out to K Popolids for joining us. Yes. Yes. Being here. Yeah, cool. yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, thank you, I'll, thank you. I'll put this um once you've got this up, I'll put it on the uh K Popolids Reddit and I'll just put a link through there so um my blog readers can check it out and it's and just have a listen to see what they think. Um yeah, thanks for having me, much appreciate it. And thanks to anyone who reads my stuff who's listening. I appreciate you listening to three hours of chatter. It's, um, <laughs> uh, but it's been good. I've had a lot of fun. And thanks, guys. Um, it's not the sort of thing that I get to do very often. It's not very often at all that I have this particular toss block of time free. It's very, very unusual. So I'm glad that it actually worked out time-wise because um, it's – um, it's a very, very rare situation. It's always hard as time zones and stuff and the sort of work that I do, which um, I, I do a lot of work both within the music industry and also um, other work for other people, which is not music-related whatsoever, which is a fortunate thing. You have to pay the bills um, sometimes by going outside. Um, but, the, but it means I'm always really, really busy. Um, and the little time I do have, I'm often doing writing and stuff like that. And my posts take a long time to write too. So I'm always doing stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate that I got to do this. It was really cool. And I appreciate anyone who's taken the time out to listen as well. Thank you very much. And, um, and I'll promise to entertain slash annoy people a lot more this year. <laughs> and, um, hopefully you'll all have a good time with that and feel free to get in touch. I'm always like to be part of the reason why I say yes to doing this sort of things is I always like to be, I don't want the blog to just be feel like just some guy talking down from on high saying, Oh, you know, because I don't blah, 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 I know blah, blah, blah. You know, I want it to be more interactive and more of fun and a learning experience. And I don't want it to dull the reasons why people get into K-pop in the first place. I'm not someone who's trying to talk people out of being into K-pop. Um, I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say to people is, yeah, you can be in the K-pop, but you can do it in a way which is sensible and rational and you don't have to necessarily buy into all the fandom stuff and all the all the extra nonsense, you know, all that stuff's optional. You know, you can, you can just enjoy it on the level that you want to enjoy it on without having to worry about things like peer pressure and... And, oh, you know, and should I do this or should I care about this fucking gossip thing or whatever or these people don't like this, does that mean it's okay for me to like it? You know, you can just be yourself and enjoy life and enjoy the music you want to enjoy and not worry about all the other. That's that's kind of the, the one of the core messages of, why, of my blog at this point. And I hope that people take that away and it helps them increase their confidence in life and self-confidence and ability to just have fun with life and music so thank you all right that's great well that was another episode of not your average netizens thank you so much for listening as usual you can find us in all the normal places itunes instagram facebook youtube um, also drop us a line ask us a question yell at us in all caps 
at notyouraveragenetizens at gmail.com. Alan, it was a pleasure having you here with us. We'll have to do it again sometime. And if there's nothing else, then I guess we'll all say goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.